here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello everybody and welcome to the Super Jcast. I'm Joel Abraham, joined by David McDonald. Damon, how good is our new t-shirt? Holy Hannah, yeah, yes, it is. I well, you sent me that design. Here's the thing, I knew it was gonna be good. Um, just because we're big fans of the artwork uh that is produced by is it how's it pronounced? Is it Talpa? Talpa? How is it pronounced? I think it's Tapla. I know she's from Thailand, obviously, you know, the same country as my wife, but I don't think that's a Thai name. But anyway, this design. Blew us away, didn't it? It really did, and and like I said, we 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 gave some preliminary ideas, and she ran with it, and then it was awesome. We loved it, and we just had like one small little thing that we wanted to tweak because we wanted it to be a complete and total vanity project. So we needed to have our names on it as well. Uh, but ah, uh, couldn't be more. Oh thrilled. yeah, no one I else mean, is buying this. <laughs> this is just for us and maybe <laughs> our long-suffering family members. Like, hey, look what you got for Christmas! Now you can wear a t-shirt with my face on it and Scampy's face. Scampy's the winner on that one, right? Scampy's the Scampy's the big hit. Um, so yeah, I mean that that's uh, we got another design, and soon we'll have uh, room for more because it looks like we're going to break that threshold of what was that twenty five we needed. So we were going to bust through that, and I don't know, it's fun. I'm actually wearing a, a, a Super Jcast T shirt right now, the logo, which is a hot seller as well. So uh, listen, we appreciate everybody who is spending the money. And uh, supporting the show because actually we do get a little piece of the pie of that, so it's very nice to see those orders run in. And again, we can see the orders, so we know who has bought, um, and we certainly do appreciate everyone who has. Yeah, so let's give a shout out to Tapla. You can follow her on Twitter at d underscore Tapla T A P L A for doing that awesome design for us. She does loads of cool uh, New Japan related stuff, and a shout out to all the cool people who bought our t shirt So. Amwar, Kevin, Stephen, Nicole, Jason, uh, Brega, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, Jacob and Floyd, we hope you're enjoying your t-shirts and I'm sure when you're walking around the street wearing your Super J-Class t-shirt, you just, you're the coolest motherfuckers in the place, so congratulations and enjoy because that money is also keeping the patron wolf away from the door isn't it that's right we're keeping them we have the keys in our pocket and uh you know the padlock is already on it and all we got to do is click it so just uh you know keep it keep it coming kids because uh <laughs> we don't, don't want to lock up the show all this all the, all the goodness that you get all the negativity that comes spewing out of our mouths every every week actually i had a conscious decision to be like right, you know what let's keep it positive because here's the thing um, we're, we're talking about shows and we're talking about positive stuff on the show and uh, New Japan in general. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, I think today's going to be a very positive. So for those of you who, uh, again, squirm in, their, in your seats over the uh, 
negativity that sometimes comes out of our mouths. And I don't think it's negativity. I think it's objectivity. But anywho, uh, I think today's going to be a very positive, uplifting show for everyone involved. Yeah, the big news that I saw today was from uh, Chris Charlton's Twitter at ReasonJP, who uh, you will be hearing from both of us in the next few weeks, I think, mm-hmm. on his Eggshells podcast. Um, general admission tickets for Wrestle Kingdom 13 go on sale at 10 a.m. Uh, Japan time this Thursday, including for overseas fans. So if there's anyone listening who's on the fence thinking, mm, you know, I quite fancy going this year, this Thursday, get on it, because not only will you get to see the greatest wrestling show of the year, you'll also maybe get to meet me and... That's equally as good, I think. I don't think. I think it's better, actually, <laughs> the way the show is looking. <laughs> to be honest with you, I think. I think meeting Joel. Hey, is... What are you doing? You're going to be positive oh, this week. You got that right. My God, my God. You're shitting yes. on the card already. Oh, you're right. It's going to be awesome. Here's the thing. Uh, here's what I'll say though. Uh, as a positive spin, it's so much fun. I, I, you know, what they could bring out, you know, whatever they could bring out a potted plant, and it, it would still be great because the atmosphere is great. And everyone having a good time. I and think just they did that on the DDT Peter Pan show, actually. A potted plant came out. <laughs> right. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, that wacky. I think promotion. that's their heavyweight champion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, six hours of that. Whew. I don't think I could sit through that. Uh, anywho, it, look, again, it's, it's a pro wrestling festival. It's, it's, it's everyone uh, loving the same things you do, and everybody's having a good time, and everybody's outside having a couple strong zeros. and... Look, not uh, just fun to be had. So uh, I would I wouldn't miss it for the world, except uh, I'm missing this year. <laughs> so <laughs> what are you gonna do? Shoulder shrug. Uh, I'll be uh, I'll be very sad and depressed come December. I'm sure with everyone going. Everybody I know is going to the show too. I mean, I, I, I'm not even being. I don't even think I'm being out of line when I say everyone I know that's a pro wrestling fan is going to the show. It feels like so. I'll be here holding down the fort. <sighs> Not to try to make you even more envious, Damon, but apparently Strong Zeros, they do seasonal flavors. And the oh. seasonal flavor at the moment, because it's getting a bit colder, it's winter, is ginger. I don't oh. know if you're a fan of ginger-flavored yeah. beverages, but I'm very partial to a ginger beer, even yeah. an alcoholic ginger beer. So if those ginger Strong Zeros are still around by Wrestle Kingdom, then this is going to be the best trip ever. Oh. Uh, well, here's the thing. I'm handing over... This is going to be the first year where I'm doing the handing over. Usually, people are handing me money to be like, "Can you get me this? Can you try to get me that?" Blah, 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 blah. This is I'm going to be that guy, and I'm giving money over just to be like, "Listen, just shove as many strong zeros as you can into a bag." If you if you here's here's money for the strong zero, and here's money for in case your bag weight goes over on the airline and you and you get an upcharge, I'll take care of that. So just so that 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 will be happening because um, I need to have them in my life. I miss them so fucking much. That 9% of num- 9% alcohol, oh, just, just what a way to wake up in the morning. <laughs> I'm just chugging a strong zero and walking the streets of Japan. Mm. Oh, I miss it. Well, anyway, I'll be back, I'm sure, so we'll figure it out. All right, sticking with the theme of tickets, uh, let's quickly touch on the King of Pro Wrestling tickets, because apparently... Uh, well, one or two listeners got very upset about this. Apparently, oh. there were still a couple of thousand tickets still on sale for King of Pro Wrestling the week leading up to the event, based on the seating charts, uh, most of which were eventually sold. Lots of stuff happened that week. The main event, Triple Threat, was announced. The announcement uh, was made by LRJ that X was going to be unveiled at the show. So, a lot of this stuff going on. What do you attribute the boost in sales to? Uh, I mean, we're talking about the King of Pro Wrestling show, right? 
The, yeah, that's okay. right. Well, look, look, I mean, it's it is New Japan, right? And I think people were kind of waiting for things to be announced. I don't think. Uh, look, we talked to. I know that that that. Didn't you get somebody yelling at you about like us not mentioning that tickets sold in a week or some nonsense? What, what was that about? Help me out here. Yeah, I, I got someone who's really, really mad about that. Like, it totally ruined their day. Like, what was the? I, I mean, and here's the thing: we followed up with both. We followed. Wasn't it a comment on? Uh, wasn't it Joe Lanza? It was Joe Lanza, right? He mentioned that that the, the, the after they announced uh, the the triple threat. That all these tickets then magically disappeared, right? Is that is that what that is that? And and we didn't mention it because, you know, you know, we were supposed to listen to every fucking podcast on God's Green Earth. Um, and, yeah. and then I mean, and, apparently, people want to hear me regurgitating facts from other people's podcasts. But okay, but yeah. But, anyway, but then we followed up with someone who actually works for the promotion, right? Who said that's highly unlikely, <laughs> right? Wasn't that the exact words that that, that, that I sent you? Hmm. That that match I when it can was confirmed that is the case, right? So it's like, so you know, I, and I specifically ask, you know, after this was announced, did X amount? What was the number? Three thousand tickets move at that point, and the the, the feedback was, uh, here's the exact view. I don't know, period, but I find it. Uh, you know what? Let me bring it up because I know I'm going to get fucking hammered if I don't say the exact fucking thing that was said. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, period. I don't know. Sounds like Mr. Hand from Fast Times. I don't know. Uh, I doubt it was that much. But, and then he goes on to a history of uh, walk-up sales. But I don't know. I doubt it was that much. I mean, you know, that's somebody who works for the fucking company. So what do you want from me? Um, and, and I again, that seemed like a big number. What was Again, 3,000? That's a big number for, 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 for the walk-up. Again, I think a lot had to do with it. Maybe the weather was nice. I don't fucking know. But you know, if it they were the main event, so we'll give them we'll give them the props for it. Great, great, great job, Cody. No, I, I think it was no. X. I think Lij is the hot act. Everyone loves Lij. Everyone was thrilled about the the prospect of a new member and guessing who it would be. So that's I, I'm putting it all down on uh, the potential unveiling of Shingo. I'm gonna be honest. That might that had a a a, a portion. I'm sure. I'm sure there were people that were that are into the the, the Lij that were that wanted to see it live and. And again, I think the brand has a lot to do with it as well. Um, so I look, either way, I think it's a great thing. I mean, but it's it's hard for me to be like, oh, it was definitely Cody and Kenny and and Coda, uh, but they were the main event, right? They, they were they were the, the 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 last match to go on. So if it did sell out, and if it did move as many tickets as people are saying, or or didn't, as people in New Japan are telling me. Um, Great, all, 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 everybody gets a piece of the pie. Everybody gets credit. Cody, Coda, Kenny, I like in there. Uh, Shingo, uh, Lij, the whole kit and caboodle. Everybody gets credit for uh, a, a nice packed house for King of Pro Wrestling. Yeah, let's stick with that positivity because. Um, Power Struggle tickets only uh, went on sale fairly recently. I think it was a few days ago to the general public. And um, they're sold out already, yep. uh, which is uh, a very good sign because I think a lot of this you can also attribute to the popularity of LIJ because you've got Naito and Evil in the double main event. You can also give some of that credit to Chris Jericho as a draw. Yep. So 
Um, for context, last year's show, which was uh, Tanahashi Ibushi with the Intercontinental title, also sold out well in advance. And 2016's Naito against Jay Lethal IC title match was only a few hundred shy as well. Uh, so I'm just reading off John Carroll's Twitter here. Uh, it's not so much of a growth thing, but maintaining the same level. Uh, it's, it's, I did see some speculation that putting Jericho slash the belt on ice for so long was going to hurt him, but that clearly hasn't been the case though. And WH Park also replied to that. His take was that Osaka is a super hot New Japan market. They love evil and it's okay. a pretty stacked card because today they also announced uh, Tomohiro Ishii against Minoru Suzuki for the Rev Pro British heavyweight title on that card. I saw. So um, yeah, ev- yeah, Evan Deadly Sins um, announced that the event sold out. It's the eighth consecutive early sellout for New Japan in that uh, Osaka Edion Arena, five and a half thousand seater. So uh, Evan's take is that the venue's too small for New Japan big shows now. So do you think it's time they move that to Osaka Joe Hall? Well, um, I, and, and again, I don't know the answer to this question because I don't have my seating charts readily available in front of me. But um, I don't. I, I, if I'm not mistaken, that's more of a of a twelve to thirteen thousand seat venue as opposed to where they are now, right? Yes. Okay, that's correct. Uh, and again, I was there it. and I counted all the seats. Did you? So if there's Good. any nerds out there who's like, eh, he's wrong. <laughs> I was there. I wasn't paying attention to the the Kenny Omega against uh, Kazuchika Okada match. I was counting the seats. Right. Good for you. That's a good. That's that's good journalism right there. We were talking a little bit about our journalism background. That's good. That's a good job by you. Uh, I can't wait for pro wrestling analytics to come out. Be like he performed thirty nine percent of his matches that have arm drag. Shut <laughs> up. Um, he enters the ring through the second rope sixteen percent of the time. That means. Um, what was my point? My point was uh, before my asinine rant was it's good news and and it's all of those factors that you mentioned, Joel. Um, it's should they? Let's answer the question first. Should they run a bigger building? Yes, yes. Why not? Test the waters. There is one thing to be said. And again, I don't know how difficult it is to book a building. I, I don't know. But let's just assume all things being equal that. The, the money that they get, the rent that they have to pay, whatever the case may be, that all things being equal from a business perspective, run the bigger building. I, I guarantee you you'll do well. You'll do fine. Um, I, am I going to predict a sellout? Why not? Yeah, I, I, would th- I would think it would. I would think it would. At this point in the game, sure. Um, I don't, they're very conservative when it comes to that, it feels like. Very conservative. And they got a they got a stacked show. This is this is a stacked show. If you you go up and down the lineup, a lot of singles matches, a lot of title matches, uh, a lot of, of interesting, uh, thought provoking, fun matchups. You do have the the intrigue of Chris Jericho making an appearance, and you know it's not every day that he uh, defends that Intercontinental title, as we as we well know. Um, I will say this though, I, I I do have to give a little bit of a finger wag here not even a little bit of a finger wag pretty big finger wag came across uh chris jericho's promo for this match against evil i don't know if you saw this and uh listen i know he's a heel i know he's playing american heel western heel uh but to me you know an interview of with kenny omega seemed to get a lot of people's feathers ruffled when he talked about, you know, how the uh, Western stars, the the Gaijins, 
uh, were working harder than those uh, of Japanese descent in the promotion. And everybody got all up in arms. And then this promo, I mean, Jericho is basically saying the same thing, but he's saying that about all Japanese people, right? And I was just listening to it. And I'm just yeah, like, he said they were all timid, didn't he? Uh, timid and uh, just, yeah, I mean, it was kind of like, really? We're doing, it's 2018. Like, this is, this is heel heat in 2018. And again, things don't rub me wrong. You know what I mean? Like, like it takes me a, a, almost like a hammer to get beat over my head sometimes to be like, yeah, that's offensive, <laughs> right? That could be offensive to people. Um, but even me, I'm just like, like I am, I'm listening to this. I'm like, what is this guy going off about? And I didn't see half the – I mean, and I, again, I know it's a pro wrestling promo, but we're still doing like that kind of bullshit in 2018. I thought that was really weird. Maybe I'm out a lot. Maybe, you know, maybe I'm oversensitive, Damon. Who knows? But uh, – no, no, let, let's be right. If Kenny Omega has said the exact same thing, people oh. would be crucifying him on Twitter. Like, woke Twitter would be destroying this guy. But right. Jericho said it. I, I didn't see anything. It seemed nobody really cared. Yeah, I didn't see I didn't see anything. And again, I'm not really, you know, going out of my way to look for that kind of shit. But sometimes that shit follows you. And it's just like, oh, my God, everybody's upset. Everybody's all ruffled. But I didn't hear one peep. I thought that was really weird. I, know, I don't know why there's there was this... I don't know this double double standard because again Kenny's was a was a that was a pro wrestling promo to me right you know I really don't think he truly believes that the Japanese pro wrestlers are 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 not working as hard as the as the uh, American or Western or Canadian whatever you want to call it. Right? I really don't think that it's a wrestling promo this is a wrestling promo I and mean, one got crucified and the other one didn't I don't know I don't know where the standards are anymore. I think part of the, the issue with the Kenny promo coming off the back of Dominion is that people really wanted to embrace him as a babyface because it was a babyface story about him overcoming the odds with uh, Ibushi and the Young Bucks by his side. And I think people wanted to bask in that. But then he just lurched immediately from this feel-good babyface moment to uh, attacking all the, the Japanese wrestlers. So it was just that I think the the lack of continuity between those two moments was quite jarring for a lot of people but Possibly. Yeah, there's definitely double standards and and I think uh, you know plenty of people have said it before when you're holding that big gold belt there's a massive target on your back and people start criticizing you whereas before you were champion they didn't really care that much yeah I mean that's that's the honest to god truth that is the, I I haven't heard I haven't heard nearly as 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 much when he when the chase was on right when he was chasing that title uh, to where it is now. It seems like the minute he got that title, it was just like wow, everybody's just laying not everyone, but enough people are just laying the boots and every little thing that he does that annoys people or you know the people are just pointing and pointing at pointing at picking at it picking at it. And it's just like he's you know he's still producing really great pro wrestling matches and yes his promos can be. You know, a little hammy, a little little hokey, uh, but that's that's what you've got from the jump. I, you know, I don't know. Uh, is that IWGP Heavyweight Championship worthy? Like that kind of, you know, persona? I mean, I I, I mean, I think the match. Here's, here's a itself. little anecdotal thing, right? Uh, I saw someone on the Voices of Wrestling Twitter account. I think it was Joe uh, posting something basically calling the CEO show a flop. 
And then Kenny Omega appeared in the mentions. Like he, they didn't tag Kenny, obviously, but he appeared in the mentions to basically debate the point. It wasn't. It didn't seem to have a bad attitude or argumentative or anything. He just wanted to discuss that. He was asking, why did you think it was a flop? And, you know, it's fair enough to ask that. But then I'm just sort of looking at that thinking, this is the IWGP heavyweight champion. This is supposed to be the best wrestler in the world. And he's on Twitter bickering about, uh, you know, the numbers of this little show. And it it seemed a bit small time to me. I don't know if I'm just being fussy, but it it didn't strike me as the sort of thing that, you know, Okada would have done. No, um... But 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 here's but on the flip side, I'll give you I'll give you the other side of the coin of that. I actually kind of think that is pretty awesome, in the sense of okay, he's 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 willing to reach out to um, a popular a a uh, I think influential I think a, um, a, a respected site that talks about pro wrestling. I think that's I think that's actually a good thing, and the fact that he would, you know, the I don't, whether it was Rich or Joe who tweeted it tweeted it out, um, you know, the fact that he came to it with you know not throwing punches and and you know, listen, the worst thing that he could have done to me would have been blocking, right, right, the block, fuck you, block, right, that would have been shit to me. That I I would have taken more. Or the snidey quote retweets. Yeah, yeah, or that kind of, you know, or stealing your pictures and not giving you credit, right? <laughs> right? Um, you know, that kind of shit. It's that. That's oh, I've got the, another story about that. <laughs> oh, do you? Okay, okay, save it. Make sure you, we'll come right to it. Um, uh, but the fact that he came, you know, with, okay, so you have this opinion. Why, why, do, you, why do you think that? Because X, Y, and Z is, is, what, is the perception I'm coming from. Where are you coming from? And I'm sure that it was a, a little bit of a give and take back and forth, and that's a good thing. That's that's a good thing. Um, I don't I don't think it was. Yes, it, on the surface, it would be like you know uh, a famous sports reporter, you know, criticizing a, a performance of a game, and then the athlete saying, you know, tweeting back. But they, but you know, I'll get be honest with it. They they do do that. They still they they do that. So no, I don't have a problem with that. In fact, I actually uh, applaud Kenny for for reaching out and 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 explaining his position or. Or debating that position, or however you how you look at it, I think that's good in this day and age. Okay, you make a very good point. You, you've convinced me. I'll take the L there. He was perfectly polite, so uh, well done, Kenny. You, you can go. take a victory lap there for that. While we're on the topic of Kenny, I, I do want to come back to the uh, power struggle tickets at some point. But while we're, we're on the topic, I'll just jump onto one question by uh, Frankie, who says, "Do you think Omega appearing an indie show to hyper match on a cruise ship is a massive piss take, considering all the other big names are on tour for the build-up to Power Struggle? Mm-hmm. He's legit done next to no tours apart from the G1 this year." I did notice that as well. There was a pretty big angle on that show, though. I mean, it was weird that it happened in front of you know X amount of people that were in that building. Um, look, I can't, I don't. I, you would think that he would be on the, this tour you would think that he would be on as many tours as possible he's he is their champion i don't know i don't know how that works it seems like he can uh, it feels like he can sort of dictate that schedule now here's the thing we do have to consider flights and and the focus of where the attention of of the company is right now when it comes to the juniors there's a bigger focus and the you know save save a penny not bring him in because he's just going to be working tag matches all right. Okay. That's I, I don't again, right now I don't have that big of a problem with it. Um I, I did see the angle online with Don Callis. I don't know if you saw that. 
Um, I thought that was pretty interesting. I mean, it kind of put a final uh, exclamation point on all the talk of him not coming back. It does feel like that Callis will not be back uh, at this point. And I know that they're talking to other people um, and maybe having a rotating third mic or what have you. But um, again, I don't know his schedule, but maybe it was just a cost cutting measure just at the, and, and if they're going to do it, you know, and give him a break up until, you know, he's got a big match at the Tokyo Dome. Um, I'd like to see him. He's the champ. You know, he is the face of the promotion at this point, but um, it's not a deal breaker for me just because the focus is on other things. Okay, well, let's get back to Power Struggle then, which, as we say, is sold out with, I guess, it's looking like evil in the main event. How big of a draw is evil, and what do you think his ceiling is? You know, can we attribute much of this sellout to him and his star power? Well, again, if we're giving credit to Cody and Kenny and, and, uh, uh, Kota Ibushi for, you know, the, the main event is the main event. And I think it has plenty to do with it. Um, and he is in the main event. Now, whether that's the, the novelty of seeing Chris Jericho in a one-on-one match and a title defense, uh, I think that plays a factor as well. How big of a factor is evil exclusively? <sighs> it's got to be a fact. It's got to be a decent size of the pie, I would think. It's got to be a decent size of the pie. He's in a very popular faction. Uh, he's getting a title shot. People, truth be told, are, are hoping that Jericho does drop the title. Um, and at the very least, they know something special is being presented in front of them. Um, and again, it's a combination of Osaka being hot and, and the company being hot. So it's all these things playing a factor. But I think evil being on top is a decent sliver of that pie. I'll give you that. Okay, and also the uh, caveat to that being, if we look at King of Pro Wrestling last year with Okada against Evil, that did a very good number as well. I think it did yep. slightly more tickets than King of Pro Wrestling did this year. So uh, the numbers don't lie, and Evil is selling tickets. So uh, again, my question, what do you think his ceiling is? Do you think he is future champion material? I think he could be Intercontinental. I think he could, he, I think he could absolutely carry that No, title. no, I mean IWGP heavyweight no, champion. no. I don't. I don't. Not here's the thing, and, and and people might give the boots to me on this one. Not with this gimmick. Like we talk about what's heavyweight title worthy. That gimmick's not heavyweight title worthy. Sorry, it's just not. Could you imagine Evil as your as your IWGP heavyweight champion? Again, we talk about people. Not not everyone can be the champion, and that's a good thing. As much as it hurt, it pains people to admit that. That's a good thing. That not every that title is not a hot potato at all. It's okay that Evil is not heavyweight championship material. That's fine. That's okay. Uh, not with that. Would, could, could you could you picture that? Could you picture him as champion? Not really. Like the, the gimmick right. is a little bit too campy for me to be taken seriously as IWGP heavyweight champion. Right. Intercontinental? Is, is, it, it wouldn't take much to change it. Like, No. Uh, uh, let's take Kenny Omega as the example, who was very cheesy in his junior thing, you know, doing the chainsaw arm stubble shit that he did. Right. The, the spray. But uh, just a slight tweak. Yeah. Uh, not completely uh, destroying the, the character. Just a, a little bit of modification in the, the gear and whatnot, the entrance. And I think that could be easily remedied. Yes. Yeah, and I would agree with that. So, um, if if those modifications were made, and trust me, if they if they 
see that potential in him of being that guy, um, those modifications would need to be made. But even then, <sighs> gun to my head. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with a no on evil. Uh, I think I'm going to go with a yes because Mm. judging by the fact that last year when Okada was on this tear and this huge unbeatable run that he was handpicked as being the first guy to pin Okada in a singles match even though it was in the the back end of a very grueling G1 I think there was something to read into that that they decided to give him the tap on the shoulder and give him that rub to pin Okada I'm going to take that as a sign for bigger things to come because uh, you know as you say new japan don't do things like this for nothing so i think if evil plays his cards right and works hard and keeps at it then i'm gonna say yes he he could be a future champion and he is young right keep in mind he he is young this is not an old timer right but let me ask you this who's he he's got to dig through a he's got to climb a ladder that's 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 got a, a lot of rungs on it right He's got. To, there's there's plenty of people right now in in current New Japan that he would have to fight his way through to be one of those top guys, right? Um, and that's 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 a that's a lot of people, and I think that those people are better suited to be champion. I mean, Okada, right? I mean, give all right. Let's do this. Given a choice, Okada as your champion, Evil as your champion. Um, well, it depends when, doesn't it? If you're saying right now, it does. I'd say obviously Okada because he is more of a proven draw. Okay, but and we don't know, and we I'm don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, we don't know what's going to happen here. But let's just say next three years, projection three years. Does he win it within the next three years? Yeah. Yes. Does Naito win it in the next three years? Yes, I think he'll win it next year. Okay, so you got two title changes in three years. Um, does, and again, it all depends on if he signs or he doesn't, but Kenny Omega, do you think he loses and then maybe regains it? Let's just say he resigns. If he resigns. No. He does not win the title back. No. Uh-huh. I think at some point the lure of the money from Stanford, Connecticut is going to be too much for him. Okay, I'm, ju- I'm just saying that let's just say that, that New Japan ponies up, you know, Uncle Harold writes the check, and away we go. He's sticking around for another three years. Kenny Omega ho- holding the title, he'll probably drop it within those three years. Does he win it back in those three years? No. I don't think no? He, I don't think he needs it. Oh, if he's no. signing, if he's signing, if he's signing a check, or if, he, if he's signing a contract and cashing a check, you 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 know he's carrying that title for for another run if he's losing it, right? Yeah, if he loses it, I think if he resigns, then I think he will beat Tanahashi at the dome though, and yeah. keep it for most of next year. Me too. Um, all right, let me ask you this. Uh, let's throw another name in there. How about so we said Naito? Um, we'll go through Bullet Club. Nobody else that really sticks out in my mind that would that would be that person. Um, Chaos. We talked about Okada. Definitely not Goto. Um, 
who am I missing? Anybody else? Anybody, anybody I'm missing here? Ishii, uh, no. Sonata, Ibushi. Okay, Ibushi. Is, in three years, is he IWGP heavyweight champion? And would you take no. him over Evil? Um, again, it just depends on the commitment with Ibushi, doesn't it? Because he's it does again uh, very mercurial. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> that's a big word. <laughs> um, uh, again, let's just assume that money being no object, and it's all about just would you or wouldn't you? Everybody's locked in. Everybody's locked in under contract. You taking a bushy over evil? Yes, I think Me so. Me too. All right, so there's four. There's four title changes you got right there. Well, no, in a three-year span, I, I, I don't think Kenny is going to stay that long, and I don't think they would put the title on Ibushi. You're, you're giving me hypotheticals here where yeah. everyone is signing these these long-term contracts, and I think realistically that's not going to happen. And they, I, I, the reason I will say yes to you that they will put the title on Evil is because he's proven to be uh, trustworthy and a company guy and very popular with the fans. Okay, I, and I'll give you that he's young. He's just came back from 31. excursion. 31. Oh, 31? Well, a little older than I thought, actually. All right, yeah. so then he's, he's starting Sonata's to be in his prime. 30, so he's actually a year older than Sonata. So, Evil is a year older than Sonata. Yeah. So Sonata was born January 28th, 1988. So he's 30. And uh, Evil was born January 26th, 1987. So wow. he's 31. Ah, well, there's so a fun fact. I, I think I think we, we blew a lot of people's minds on that one. Because to me, it feels like Sonata. I've seen, you know, you know, in Wrestle One, and you know, obviously his nonsense and impact, and uh, it just feels like he's been around a lot longer, huh? Okay, but yeah, I guess you know, between the Young Lions duties and the, the he was away on Excursion Evil. Watanabe was a, was away for, for seems like forever um, on Excursion, which. People talk about excursions and pe- and them doing well and them doing not well. Talk about talk about Watanabe when he was on excursion. It was not that was that was a you know he would show up on Ring of Honor. He did shows. nothing, didn't he? He did nothing. He really didn't. Any, he did nothing. Like I remember going to a show and it was um what was it Pro Wrestling Syndicate here in, in New Jersey? Um, and he you know he he lived in Jersey. He, he lived in Jersey. Um, and he would be on shows, and no one came up to him. No one, and I, you know, I knew who he was from his young line duty. I knew he was on, you know, excursion, but no one. I mean, and then he would show up on like the Ring of Honor shows every every so often. Um, you know, when it was, you know, when they, when it, when they would bring in New Japan talent, but he wasn't like he was booked anywhere. It wasn't like he was he was all over the place. Um, that was a you know and t- people talk about like you know the guys in, in Mexico now and how they're they're struggling. Whew. Go back and watch the, you know watch, watch. There's nothing to watch. There's Watanabe. The one the one match that really put him on the map, it felt like, is he had a match with Elgin in Chicago. I think it was, and that one blew the roof off the place. If I'm not mistaken, um, that was kind of like the beginning of him starting to really starting to, to get a, a little bit of a buzz. Um, and then shortly thereafter, they brought him back. So. Well, I didn't know he was that old. All right. I, I still don't think he's IWGP heavyweight title worthy, but um, uh, Intercontinental is more than fine. I think he can carry that with uh, pride and prestige. So 
how good is this card? So let's compare it with last year. So last year we had uh, Rapongi 3K against Super 69 in the Super Junior Tag Tournament Finals. We had Suzuki versus Yano in uh, infamous Bull Rope Deathmatch for the Never Title. <laughs> we had Skrull against Osprey for the Junior Title. We had Kenny versus Beretta for the US Title, and we had Tanahashi versus Ibushi for the IC Title. So this time we're getting the Super Junior Tag Finals. Taichi versus Osprey if he's fit. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Naito, Evil versus Jericho, and Ishii versus Suzuki. At the time I'm speaking, I'm not sure what the main event is because if I go to the the website, the one that is physically on top of the page is actually Ishii against Suzuki, but I don't know if we can necessarily read into it that that's going to be the main event. But do you think this is a significantly stronger card than last yeah. year's Power Struggle? Oh, God, yeah. I think so, right? Um, I mean, and again, last year's Power Struggle had good matches, don't get me wrong. Tanahashi, Ibushi... Um, uh, re, 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 I, the one thing that I unfortunately take away from that show is that bull rope match. Is that Yano Suzuki fucking nonsense bull rope match? Um, what, 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 what? Give me, give me the, give me the show again, real quick. I'm sorry. We had uh, Kenny Omega against Beretta for the U.S. title. That was bad. That was okay. against Will Ospreay for the junior title. That was good. And then Rapongi 3K against Super 69 in the tag, Super yeah. Junior Tag Tournament Finals. I mean, come on. I mean. Yeah, I think this match. I mean, this show uh, is a lot has a lot more juice, has a lot more excitement, has a lot more um, uh, things that c- could lead to even better things down the road. Um, and again, I know I'm, I'm harping on it, but this is this is this is a Jericho title defense, and I think that should be a fun match, and it should at least give us a. A nice title change that everybody's kind of clamoring for, or B, give us some interesting thing to lead, to tell a story for Naito and Jericho possibly at the dome. Okay, I will move on then. Uh, touching uh, something that you mentioned earlier, which was the commentary situation, because I mentioned last time on a podcast there were rumors of Lanny Poffo being involved, <laughs> and on the latest episode of the Genius Cast, Lanny Poffo responded. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. What? I, I'm sorry, Joel. What did you just say? The what? The genius cast. <laughs> the genius cast. Ah, oh, okay. Like, all right. I wonder what I, what <laughs> the genius cast. All right. I'm doing a podcast in my. I don't. I can't even think of a rhyme for podcast. All right, go on, please. Uh, I, I'm my my head exploded on that one. Go ahead, please. I take it you're not a subscriber then. Nah, Lanny no. Popper responded to a report from the, the Wrestling Observer, which stated his name had come up in conversations as a possible replacement for Don Callis. Uh, here's the quote. I'll tell you what I know. Michael Craven from New Japan. I met him September the 1st at All In. He asked me if I would be interested in holding the microphone as a color commentator. And I responded, wow, that would be great. They brought me a ticket to Tokyo from Tampa. And I'm going to get what? on that plane to do my very best to be an asset and not a liability. New what? Japan is a very exciting group of people. And I feel very lucky to be invited. In the meantime, I'm retired, but I'd like to keep flexible and open for exciting opportunities like uh, this. What? <laughs> Tell me you're kidding me. Tell me you're nope. kidding me. Right, this is all legit. D- does the name Jim Hurd ring a bell? Oh, uh, yeah, it does. Uh, the, the former Pizza Hut guy who uh, came in and uh, decided he was going to get his feet wet in pro wrestling uh, and decided that uh, and, and, and and remember RoboCop <laughs> in WCW? Jim Hurd. Uh, I don't understand. Why? Why? Of all the names. Listen, 
I don't know Lanny Poffo from from Adam. So so what you know, he's I'm sure he's a nice gentleman. I'm sure uh, the rumors are true. He's very flexible, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Doesn't leave the house much. Um, and I'm sure he's uh, uh, just, a, just, a, just a swell guy. Of all the names, Joel, that I could have fucking given you and reached in, into, a, into a hat and said, you know what, this might be a good person to, for color commentary. Lanny Poffo. Uh, how... What? Here's what really pisses me off. Not for nothing. I've been doing a fucking podcast for three years now, giving more promotion to this company than 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 Lanny Poffo has has done cartwheels and thrown frisbees. Why am I getting a call? But look, we don't know what the listenership of the Genius Cast is. Let's not <laughs> start casting displeasures onto that. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll go head to head with that. I'll give. My, let's give our analytics numbers, and we'll compare it to the to the uh, the the what is it? The the Genius Cast. We'll go head to head with the numbers. How about that? And whoever wins can get the can get the plane ticket. Who is who is who is deciding this again? Mike Carroll. Mike Carroll. I want a I want a phone call Michael from Craven. you. Michael Craven. Michael, Michael Craven. Yes. Michael Craven. Murray Craven, former uh, Blackhawk and Philadelphia Flyer. Like uh, I want to, I want to uh, give me a, a call. Get on the, get on the horn and give me a call. We need to talk about this nonsense. Come on. What was the? Th- I mean, how about a guy with some history or some? Some some New Japan back. Give me a guy who's a who's at least on a fucking Japanese tour for crying out loud. I'm sure Lanny worked like IWA or some shit. Somebody's going to be like he worked, you know, whatever. Some promotion in 1973. Um, I'm I'm flabbergasted at the notion that at the very least, what is going to occur is that guy's going to get a free plane ticket to Tokyo. <laughs> that's that, you know what I mean like that that I'm already annoyed about that to be honest that's a waste that's, of money that's that's annoys me to no end like like not for nothing we should be going to Japan they should be contacting us giving us a plane ticket to J- J- Japan I could I, I don't know I, that's that is amazing to me listen I'm, I'm maybe maybe and I don't know this to be true or not but maybe it's he he has a personal relationship with Kevin Kelly. I don't know, and and Kevin personally recommended. Doesn't sound like that was the conversation. It sounded like this was a oh I know Lanny Poffo from watching my wrestling days, and and I'm gonna uh, uh, what this is great. This is a fucking madness. Is what this is. Does anybody seriously? I'm being I'm I'm and, and again I'm, we're, we're, I'm trying to keep this as a positive podcast. Joel, you're not you're not helping in any way. But is there anyone? And 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 not some, you know, sarcastic, you know, kind of uh, contrarian, you know, how everyone loves to do that. I'm, there's no one that's going to be like, you know, I really think it's a good idea that Lenny Poffo shows up. No one's saying that. No one is saying that. I can't believe I'm no, – again, I don't even care if Lanny Poffo shows up. I, I'm pissed off that he's getting a free ticket to fucking Tokyo, and I'm sitting at home. Duh. Seriously. Joel. Yeah, far be it from me to be, be the, the defender of Lanny Poffo, but he might – 
being amazing at commentary. I've never heard him commentate. Exactly. So exactly, if he was that great, if he was that great before he's even picked up the microphone. Okay, if he was that great, wouldn't you think he would be at least in conversations? Right. When when all right, let's put it this way: when a football coach gets fired, Joel, in in the Premier League. Let's, let's get something that you can relate with here. When they get when they get canned, right, and the rumor mill swirls, right, and everybody's talking about potential head coaches, aren't there certain names that always usually get brought up that are you know sitting at home not doing anything, right? You always hear kind of the same sort of names you know, that are in that mix. When give me one example of when Lanny Poffo was ever mentioned for any commentary job. Well, look, sticking with your Premier League example, back in 1996, I'm a big Arsenal fan, when we sacked our manager, Bruce Rio, and we were without a manager for a while, there were you know a few famous names popping up, but the manager that we appointed in the end, Arsene Wenger, was an absolute nobody. And I think at the time he was managing Nagoya Grampus 8 in Japan. Okay. No one had ever heard of this guy, and he turned out to be probably the greatest manager we've ever had. So, okay. But he managed. Again, to, he I'm was, just playing devil's advocate here. Yeah, but he, but but it wasn't like he was working on an assembly line, right? He 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 managed a team, right? He was just you know he's he's involved in the sport. Give me give me give me something I could sink my teeth into to to kind of evaluate besides the genius cast, uh, something that would that that where he he expresses any type of knowledge. About Japanese pro wrestling in any promotion, help me help me find that. Well, I guess that is that's going to be our homework, David. We have to go back and listen to every previous <laughs> Genius Cast to see Watch be what his knowledge of Japanese pro wrestling is like. <laughs> Watch it be such a fucking awesome. Watch it come back and be like, you know what, fucking Genius Cast rules. <laughs> right? Right? Be like, oh, this is the greatest podcast ever. It fucking <laughs> blows us away. Uh, Look, again, I'm not knocking the Genius. Next week, cast. Super J Cast, we managed to get an interview with Lanny Poffo. We're so excited. <laughs> Right, we'll have Lanny on. Um, again, I'm not knocking Lanny Poffo. I mean, again, he seems like... A, you know, well, you are. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm just saying that he's not qualified for this. That's that's what I'm saying. And I don't think that's 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 a that's a stretch. Right? And I you know, I did knock a little bit of the genius cast, but maybe it's great. I've never listened. I'm not knocking that. Come on. he's. I'm sure he's doing great with that. <sighs> well, we've spent a lot longer talking about Lanny Poffo than I thought we would. It, it annoys me. I'm not going to lie. It annoys me a little bit. But okay, whatever. Uh, l- l- listeners, I apologize. I'm not deliberately trying to antagonize Damon today. It really feels like I it. thought this was going to be a positive show. And I thought that was just going to be a little throwaway thing. And we'd all have a chuckle. We'd be like, oh, Lanny Poffo. Can you imagine? Next point. Uh, no, it annoys but me. I've opened re- a can of worms here. Yeah, real, it really is a, a splinter in my mind right now. It really is. And I woke up. I was like, I was like Damon from Fast Times. I woke up in a good mood. And I don't know what happened. <laughs> Oh, uh, fuck me. All right. Well, look, I mean, I don't know. I, I, it really does annoy me, though. All right, let's move on because it does annoy me. All right, let's go. Okay, this is something which is good, and I hope you'll be excited about. Wrestling All-Star All Star Battle mm. featuring Big Japan, Wrestle One, New Japan, All Japan, and NOAA will be held in February 2019 at Sumo Hall. The event will be held to commemorate the 20 year anniversary of Giant Barber's death in January 1999 and the founding of Tokyo Sports in 1979, and 40 years since Giant Barber and Antonio Inoki tagged for the final time. Uh, there's rumors this might be bankrolled by Tokyo Sports. Uh, apparently, uh, Liam on the Discord 
posted that it's 20,000 yen for ringside tickets. And apparently, if you pay that, you get to give Abdullah a bouquet of flowers for his ceremony. Uh, this kind of crossover last happened in uh, 2012 to raise money for Sendai. And the card was all multi-man tag matches with cross-promotional faces against heels. And actually, that was the first time, I think, that Sonata and Naito were teaming up. And obviously, they're in different promotions then. So uh, are you expecting more of the same here? Um, I, I hope so. I mean, I think a lot of people remember back with the tragedies of the uh, earthquake, um, and they had the, the the fundraising show. I forget what it was called. Uh, All together, I think it was. All together, I think was what the name of it. Um, again, I'm not expecting singles matches, and that's fine. Um, it'll probably be a lot of uh, tags and multi man tags, but they're always fun shows. I always like those cross promotional shows. I really do. I always think that they're fun in any in any form. I know Tokyo Dome. I uh, used to have them every once in a while where the uh, the magazines would kind of put up uh, the show and kind of make it a gigantic super show. And I know there was a lot of politicking involved um, on those on those shows. And, um, and and again, if you go back and read Chris Charlton's book, that's that, that, that he touches on on those when it comes to those dome shows. It's really interesting how how the Japan how influential those those weekly publications were um, and who they decided to put on the cover and who they didn't and how that worked and and the money that went underneath the table. Really good read. I mean, just just for that alone, pick up uh, Chris's book. It's really awesome. Um, no, I think it's I, – I, I love them. I, uh, expensive seats, but um, – and what? You get you get to give flowers to Abdul – I have an Abdul the Butcher story. Do you want an Abdul the Butcher story? Here's a story – from Uncle Damon Here's a story From some point in his life Here's a story From Uncle Damon And it may be about wrestling Or perhaps include his wife Okay, so uh, back in again, back in the day when I used to do the uh, the stuff, the, the pro wrestling stuff, he was on a show. He's he was actually on many shows. We were on like the NWA. I want to say it was the fiftieth anniversary show or the fortieth anniversary show. It was in it was in Charlotte. We drove down from New Jersey down to Charlotte and worked. Twiggy worked the show and I managed. And it was like a junior. I think it was for the junior title we wrestled for. Um, did not win unfortunately. Um, and Abdul is on the show and. He he has the thing where he puts the blade in his fingertips. So when he chops, he's slicing and dicing people. So he had a bunch of like local guys, and even some like a guy who drove down uh, Biggie Biggs from a local guy from up here. Um, he came down, and he was either going to be one of those guys or not. Uh, but he never wound up doing it because he's like, I'm going to get sliced open for, you know, for little pennies. He's like, I don't know. And he had a little bit of a reputation of being a little bit careless with that those blades, right? Uh, and I just remember him coming back to the dressing room and just bleeding everywhere. And everybody's like, ugh. So anyhow, uh, we're on a show, and and they needed somebody to manage him. So um, local person, Amy Lee, goes up, well, Madonna can do it. And uh, so I was like, all right, cool. And I'm looking at Twiggy like, oh, my God, I'm going to fucking manage Abdul the Butcher, right? It is crazy. But then I'm thinking, oh my God, he's you know he does have a little bit of a reputation. So uh, I go up and I introduce myself, and you know, blah 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 blah. And he's like, uh, and I'm like, whatever you want to do, you know. He's like, okay, well, it was him against Manny Fernandez. So it's me, fucking dopey me, 
uh, managing Abdul the Butcher against Manny Fernandez. So they're working at the match, and I'm supposed to like yell at them, I'll yell at Manny Fernandez before the match, you know, just like get in his face and be like, yeah, I got Abdul the Butcher. He's badass. He's going to kill you, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then Manny's supposed to give me uh, a punch and then another punch, and then Abdul is supposed to go in. But I'm thinking, if Manny Fernandez hits me, I'm taking a bump. First first punch. I'm, I'm just taking a bump. Because he's Manny fucking Fernandez, right? And I'm just schmoey me. So we get in a ring. Oh, so before that, uh, he's working out, and Abdul is like, uh, you know, he, you know how he talks in that high pitched, hi, brother. You know, how, uh, do you bleed? He's basically asking me, and I'm, and no, I worked at, I was in fucking sales at the time, right? I, I, I was like, there's no way I can go like to a client and be like, yeah, hey, band, bandage up, had a rough weekend. Um, so I was like, no, no, but I was afraid that he was going to do it anyway, right? So during the match, well, first of all, I get in, we'll give Manny Fernandez, blah, 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 and then Manny Fernandez whacks me, and I go down. I instantly go down, right? But then here comes Abdul, but then they brawl. So wherever they were brawling, I was on the absolute opposite side of the ring because I didn't want to get near Abdul the Butcher because I was afraid he was going to fucking blade me. So I would go from one side, and my friends are there, and they're just laughing at me because they know what I'm doing. They're like, I, you know, I know he's not getting two feet of these people. because. So I would spend time like yelling at the ref inside the ring while they're brawling in the crowd. I would just stay so far away. And I go back in the, in the locker room, and uh, they're like, uh... Manny was like, why did you why'd you go down? You're supposed to go down the second one. I was like, look, you're Manny Fernandez. I'm just fucking jerk off me. You, you, you could kick my ass. One punch is all it takes. And he looked at me, and he taps me on the shoulder, and he goes, oh, all right, brother. I appreciate that, brother. I appreciate that, brother. <laughs> I just never forget that. I just never forget that uh, guy, uh, I outworked Manny Fernandez, and, and, and I ran away from Abdul the Butcher. Okay, there's story time with Damon. All right, so I guess you're not going to be forking over 200,000 yen. You're still terrified. <laughs> yeah. He, he is one of those people that I don't care. He might recognize you and be like, hey, it's that guy and try and slash you open. <laughs> right. I'm going to get you eventually, you prick. Uh, yeah, no. He uh, he is one of those guys that I, I I don't know. Just I'm not I'm not keen on Abdul. I, like, I just don't fucking trust. Like, like I just like he's just a scary dude. I don't know why. He's just, he's a, he's just a frightening fucking dude. And. You know, I don't know. I just one of those dudes. Uh, I'll just, I just stay away from. No, no doubt. All right. Well, let's get back to this show then. So, I just yep. wanted to ask. Obviously, there's a lot of history between New Japan and Noah and the feud that they had. As far as you know, is that still a thing? Do they still hate each other? Um, I, know, I mean, you know, they had the uh, the kind of pseudo somewhat business dealing that they had maybe about uh, two years ago, right? Um, I don't know if they hate each other. I just think that they decide not to work with each other, right? And then, you know, if it's uh, here's the thing, Noah's kind of—I don't want to say they're rebounding, but they're they're rebounding a little bit, right? They're, 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 I see attendance figures growing, and I hear feedback on shows, and um, it's, it feels like that they're they're at least getting a little bit of momentum going. Um, so maybe they don't necessarily need or want New Japan's involvement at this point. So. Um, I'm sure financially they could use, you know, if 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 money's being pumped in, but I don't know if they were 100% happy with how that turned out. I mean, if you remember back, it was Suzuki Goon just going in there and just running rough shot all over everybody for like a year. If you're a Noah fan and you know you're rooting for Noah people and you know they're just getting obliterated, that's a word I just made up. Um, by you know at the time, let's be honest here, Suzuki Goon were you know they're B level in New Japan. 
and they're just blowing by Noah people, I'd be a little pissed off too. So I don't know. Maybe maybe they didn't feel like it was uh, worth the hassle, um, even though money might have been pumped in. But again, seems like they're rebounding. So uh, you know, fingers crossed for Noah. Hope so. Okay, so it's most likely we're going to get a lot of multi-man tag matches. But uh, William asked, do you think Kento Miyahara against Kazuchika Okada should be the main oh. event for the Super Show? Uh, obviously, pump the brakes there. It's not happening. But I wanted no. to ask you, Damon, what dream matches would you like to see if if you were handed the book for this kind of show? Fuck, that's that's one of them, right? That'd be one of them. I'd like to see like a Joe Doring, um, maybe against like an Ishii. That'd be fun, right? I think everybody could could could, could get around that. Um, how about Hideki Suzuki? Um, what would, he, what would I like to see him with? Takeda, a death match. <laughs> Who do you think would be fun in a death match with Takeda? Uh, does it have to be a New Japan guy? Yeah, Tai Chi, Tai Chi. <laughs> That's what I want to see. I want to see Tai Chi in a death match. Um, uh, Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I, I don't. Here's the thing: I don't really think a lot about interpromotional matches because I just don't think they're going to happen. But but Miyahara and and uh, and uh, uh, Okada would be Christ. How great would that match be? Fucking a. That would that would that would that would blow the doors off the place. I'd I tell you what, I'd refi the house to fucking go see that if that if that happened. That that would be incredible. Give me uh, Shuji Ishikawa against Tomohiro Ishii. That's not bad. That's not bad. I think that happened. I want to say that happened and before Ishii became... I could be wrong. It doesn't seem like the timelines match up. Eh, I could be wrong. That's a good match, though. I would, I would definitely do that. Oh. Okay, uh, moving on to the next topic, then, about uh, animated GIF. Do you say GIF or GIF? I'm a GIF. I'm a GIF. Graphics interface formats. Right. I believe you. You taught me. Right. The person like, who made them says that it's it's GIF, but <laughs> I think he, he he doesn't get to decide that because graphics is a hard G, so yeah. it's GIF, isn't it? I'm I'm, I'm a GIF guy. Anyway, yes. uh, Mr. Lariato, who does a lot of these animated GIF files, says mm. uh, New Japan has started copyright claiming for GIFs now. They got a handful of claims from a recent show, and Bullet Club Ital's account was suspended. Uh, he's actually got a new account at Bullet Club Ita. Uh, I asked Rich Crage about this. He said we were told the gift thing has been resolved and to look for an official word soon, so we're still waiting on that. But um, Evan Deadly since did send a message to the New Japan Global account, and I'll read you what he said, and I want your take on it. Um, again, it's not my place to tell New Japan what to do, but I really think it's a bad idea to be taking down Twitter accounts that make gifts of the shows. The type of people who watch New Japan through gifts only won't subscribe to New Japan World if you take them down. They'll just stop watching completely. So letting people make gifts only helps spread awareness of the product, and attacking these accounts will only hurt New Japan's ability to gain new fans. Many New Japan fans share this viewpoint. Please consider it. So what do you think on this issue? I agree. Right. I mean, especially in this day and age, I know it's hard, especially when it's your thing, when you see it pirated or you, you know, or or, or gift. I mean, here's the thing. I don't I don't think making a gift is the same thing as uploading a torrent. Right. The two completely fucking separate things. Uh, I, I just think that that's the kind of thing that helps promote brand awareness to people that, you know, that aren't putting down any money and quite possibly somebody sees one of those things and, and maybe they subscribe for that month 
you know, I, I, I think it does, I, it does more good than harm, right? You're not, you're not losing money that you don't have, right? It's, just, it's, it's, it's not like, uh, you know, those people are subscribing that you're losing money out on. You can only gain from situations like that. No one's, wa- and here's another thing too. Nobody's watching an entire map. It's, it's, you're not giving it away. You're giving away tiny little clips of. I don't know, but but again, I if, if if I'm sticking my feet in in their shoes, it's like, well, we own this, and you know, we don't want it everywhere. We don't want it, but you, you, actually, you really do. You do want that. Um, it, it's hard to avoid number one, right? Uh, now, if you're a popular Twitter account like like Larry Otto uh, is, and uh, you know it. That the word spread gets spread around quickly when you have that that many followers, but you're not going to stop it. Number one, uh, you'll be, you'll be chasing your tail forever. But number two, again, I just think the positive benefits that come of that is far outweighs anything that you think that you're losing because you're really not. You're you're actually gaining when it comes to that kind of stuff. You know, it, it, uh, and also Joel, just to, just to kind of jump in on that, it's not like these people, like the like 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 a Larry Otto. He, it's not like he doesn't. He's giving you cool spots of the match. Yeah, but it's not like, like he's giving away finishes. Thing, it's a bit like trying to fight the Hydra, isn't it? You cut off one head and then two of them pop up. Yeah, yeah. It's. Exa- okay. I mean. Yeah, that's exactly right. And again, it's not like they're giving away the meat of a match. They're giving away like the cool moments of a match. It's not like he, it's like, you know, if you go down his timeline, everything is kind of mapped out where it's like it's the entire match that you see. That's not what he's doing. He's listen, he he's helping you people. <laughs> he's helping every one of you promotions. He's helping you um, banning those accounts or, or set, giving those shutdown notices. That nah, does more, more harm than good. OK, next up, I saw a. Uh... Uh, username Kokada on Reddit translated an interview with Minoru Suzuki on Yahoo Japan. Uh, Suzuki said, The matches are great and we have the best of the best in terms of wrestlers. Being acquired by Bushiroad also gave us new reach. They have a, put a lot of investment into us and the advertising. So what do we lack? I know exactly what. Stars in their 20s. New mm-hmm. Japan now is all thanks to Okada appearing then. In this world, if stars in their 20s don't appear, the industry is unable to move forward. I started Pancras when I was 25. I was in UWF in my 20s. The original Tiger Mask was wrestling in his 20s. The Three Musketeers, all big stars in their 20s. So do you think he's got a point? Is there uh, a lack of New Japan stars in their 20s? Um, I mean, two sides of the coin to this. So one being, uh, I would agree, because, again, if you can capture a younger audience, that younger audience grows with you. Um, and you know, one of the biggest challenges that a lot of wrestling promotions have, especially right now, is that the demographics are all out of skew. It's not a younger audience that's that's watching their television broadcast. It's it's a middle age. It's me. It's people like me. Um, so yeah, always having that younger demographic will 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 help, and and having younger stars will will help that as well because people want people that they can relate to, of course. Um, Every generation has that, and uh, again, that's just uh, a cycle of life. So I agree with that 100%. Now, the flip side of that is this, is that really a pro wrestler, and, and I think the, 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 the average age that people kind of tend to, to point at is 30s. That's when they're at their peak, right? So um, 
20s, you know, they're still developing and they're still maturing and they're still becoming a pro wrestler as opposed to a guy who wrestles. So uh, that's easier said than done. Making a star in their 20s when, you know, they don't fall off of trees. Now, the dojo is a perfect breeding ground for that, right? But are are you ready to rush any one of the young lions right now into that into that position? I, I'm not. Right? I don't think that there's anybody that 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 you would want to do that to. Um, so while I agree with the theory and 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 the idea of that, and I and and I think it's it is important. Um, again, they they don't fall off of trees. You know, you're not picking one off like an apple. So uh, that should be a goal, but it. I wouldn't want to put somebody in a position that they're not ready for because more harm could be from that than good. Yeah, I think the days of someone like was it Okada twenty four when he came along and won the title for the first time? Have I got that right? Uh, you know what? I'm going to say twenty five or twenty six, but you might be right in twenty four. Sure, twenties anyway. Yeah. So it. Yeah, yeah. It seems unlikely that someone of that age is going to appear and win the title that early in recent think, years. Yeah, I think that, I mean, again, I agree with the theory of making those 20-year-old stars. And uh, But the, 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 think about this, the names that he mentioned, right? Okay. Yes, they, they went on to be successful. How about the names that didn't? Right, and I'm and I'm sure that there are plenty of those, right? Where the company or a company decided to to hang their hat on a on a on a bright shining twenty twenty something year old star, and it shit the bed, right? So again, it's it's uh, those are the people that you don't hear about, uh, but you know maybe uh, again I agree with the theory, but it doesn't the the practice of it is is very difficult to do. Okay, uh, I would say uh, Jay White is only 26, so he could be no, someone who's adding his name to that list of young champions sooner rather than later. Yeah, and I'm thinking when I think of 20s, unfortunately, maybe I'm thinking of of you know the the um, younger side of that arc, right? So when you get into the 26, 27, 28, so yeah, I mean, yeah, you're hoping that they're taking those next levels. Jay White's a perfect example of that, but you know. When I'm thinking of you know what Suzuki's talking about, I'm thinking of I guess maybe the younger side of twenty, um, and those people definitely need time to develop. But yeah, I guess you know if you're reaching twenty seven, twenty eight, twenty nine, um, you're close to that wheelhouse. So and 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 physically probably at your peak. So yeah, maybe maybe it is a little bit easier said than done. So um, all right, I'll, listen, I'm I'm in on his theory. Let's put it that way. Okay. Um, next thing is at Corpse Captain, who does a lot of great translation work says uh, Hiromu added a new diary entry and in it he says his recovery progress is at 83% and there are 44 days until happy day and he's gained a lot of muscle during his time away so two things here one what do you think this 44 days until happy day is and two do you think we're going to see him at heavyweight anytime soon I don't think heavyweight um, I don't think that I think we have a, a ways to go there, right? Um, I'm doing something real quick. I'm just typing uh, days until Wrestle Kingdom. <laughs> no, days until January four. January four. I'm typing. Right. Let's see here. Let's see what Google says. Seventy four days. Oh. So we got a little ways to go. So what would be 40-something days, uh, Joel? 
Um, maybe he's uh, done rehab. Maybe he's... Well, I'm trying to think of what show might be around the corner then. It's World Tag League at that point, right? Uh, yeah, I think it would be the middle of World Tag League. So I, I don't think that there's a specific show that the 44 Days thing aligns to. I mean, my guess was that that was when he was going to be getting back in into the ring, maybe just training maybe. rather than being a, a big show comeback or whatever. Right. I mean, it's positive, right? That There's, there's something positive because... Again, I know that he's had a few setbacks, and the recovery, unfortunately, has taken longer than we had hoped, and the injury was maybe a little bit more severe than we had thought. Uh, although, at the time, you know, they were talking about broken necks and, and stuff like that, and, and never getting back in the ring. So, well, it's, it's positive. I'll take 44 days. Look, look, if somebody told me, you know, a month ago that he'll be back in 60 days, or or at least training in 60 days, I, I take that as a positive. Now, with that being said, I don't know if necessarily you're getting the Hiromo of old, right, and the risk-taking and the and the balls-to-the-wall style. I, I wouldn't want to see him come back quickly. Like, like unfortunately, I feel like Holma had done. Um, and again, Shibata is, is Shibata, but, you know, they're always, there's just always that rumble of him coming back, and it's like, okay, uh 44 days. Listen, let's circle it on our calendar and see what happens. Uh, it, 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 at the very least, it's a positive step. So if 44 days is just him in the ring for the first time, so be it. That's a, that's a positive step. And uh, the same Twitter post also added that Teruaki Kanemitsu uh, says he'll be back soon. So he was a young mm-hmm. lion who suffered a spinal injury in November 2016 and has recently begun working at the Fale Dojo. So do you have any strong memories of Kanemitsu? Is that something that would excite you seeing him back in action? I mean, aside from the fact that he's able to get back in the ring from a from a severe injury, again, it's a positive Um I don't, I don't. I mean, I'm. I'm going to be brutally honest here and say no. It's not like it's. It's not Hiromo, right? Uh, and you know, at that stage of his development, to take that long of, of time off, especially for a spinal injury, you know, you go back to like Hanare, and the time that he took off, and while he came back, you know, refreshed and revigorated, I'm sure that the time on the shelf didn't help any. And again, that was a leg injury. This is this is a spine injury. I always get fucking a little squeamish when it comes to that. When it comes to the spine stuff and head stuff, like you know, legs, limbs, you can come back from that. But when you get into that other stuff, just yeah, I don't know. It, it, it does trouble me a little bit. So um, good. Uh, listen, if he's coming back, great. Um, let's hope the best for him. Okay, uh, one more thing I wanted to pick your brains on before we move on to the Super Junior Tag League. Uh, what do you make of Nick Aldis winning the NWA title back from Cody? And does that... Uh, I've seen a few people like uh, Nicole on the Discord was scratching her heads about why it was Ibushi that took the pinfall in the King of Pro Wrestling main event. If the if there was anything to it, like, oh, we've got to protect the NWA champion, or do you think that's just a total non-issue and you are nonplussed about uh, Cody losing that belt? Um, yeah, I, I think I said it before. I don't think anybody was sitting in in 
from from New Japan saying, "Oh, we, we, we got to protect that NWA title because of how prestigious it's been in the past twenty years." Um, so it is odd to me that Abushi did take that fall, um, but he did, and you know, I can't necessarily agree with that. I'm I'm curious as to like. So Cody had his moment of winning the NWA title. And and let's be truthful, it was a moment at All In. Um, and it was a really kind of a special thing in, in, in how they made it. They they did everything really well with that. Mm, less than two months later, this is where we are, right? What, what was the purpose of all this? Help, help me understand why. I mean, to me, it, it sounds like we need to get the title off of Cody. Right, it just seems like a lot of things going on with with the that elite thing, where we're not going to do any more Bullet Club T-shirts. This is our last Bullet Club design. Uh, we're not going to work World Tag League. We're going to drop the tag titles. Uh, I'm going to win the NWA title on my big all-in show that I invested a lot of time and effort in and money in. Uh, but then on a random show, you know, the kind of I don't want to say flew under the radar, but it was definitely more under the radar than the all-in show. We'll drop it back real quick. Um, what, what is, I want to ask you, what is your feeling of all that? All this mounting evidence. And again, the, the, you know, the reports that were coming in of, of uh, people unhappy within the promotion and people leaking things to Meltzer and all, the, all this stuff. What, what is your take as we sit here? In, in mid-October, what is your feeling with, with all the circumstances that's going down with these guys? Yeah, it's just very good business, man. I, I still think the whole thing is a, a bit of a work that they're just trying to leverage as much power as they can get going into the contract negotiations so they can you know get a few extra digits on whatever they're signing. Do you think that's... Does that tend to, to push you... In, and I think you, you let your cards be shown earlier do you do you think that pushes the percentages of them leaving higher um i don't think they are going to leave immediately i think they're going to stick around one more contract extension and then after that they will be off Hmm. okay stock's never been higher you think the stock can get higher you think they can make more money if they waited a year or two Yes, I do. Well, okay. I I I'm under the feeling that this is this is it. They're done. They're moving on. They're not going to make any more. They're not going to get a bigger offer than the one that they're going to get in front of them here. Um, if it, it uh, I I just and again I don't have anything concrete. Nobody does. And if and again if anybody thinks that they do, they're just speculating beyond speculating no one knows except those people of what they feel in their heart and in their mind um damon gun to the head knife to the throat they're gone they're leaving 
There was a really interesting message on our Discord that I'm just going to read now because it resonated with my own personal feelings on this. Uh, it was Ben who said, uh, just listen to the bit on the elite potentially leaving from the latest pod. As an Arsenal fan, I guess you must recognise why this stuff coming up every year with their contracts gets grating. Vieira flirting with Real Madrid for about four seasons in a row, or Cesc with Barcelona. And it goes on for so long that even though they're your best players, by the end you're just like, uh, you know what, fuck off. So I think that's where I am at the moment, and Arsenal fans will know what I'm talking about here because uh, over the last 10 years, it's every single summer, our star player, whoever it is, has just been constantly rumours circulating about them leaving to a big club, and it just happens so often that eventually you just get sick of it, and you know that they're brilliant players, and your team would be better off keeping them, but you're just so sick of all the, the rumours that you just want them to leave. Yeah, no, I think yep. that might be where, where I am with this situation at the moment. See it every day. to stay, but if they, uh, I, I, I just don't want to hear it anymore. I'm sick of it. I listen. I know. I, so my favorite team, Toronto Maple Leafs. They have, uh, you know, I would say a star player that's that's holding out contract, and you know he's right now in Austria skating, and while the team is playing, and um, it, you know, every day you just hear it, and like at this point, I just like I just don't want even want to fucking hear about it anymore. Just deal with the players you fucking got right now, and then you know if he goes, he goes. If he, you know whatever happens, happens. But yeah, it's 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 I, I I hear it every day in sports, every fucking day, and that's one of the things that we talked about earlier. Where you know there was a time period where I was just like just so disenfranchised with it. I was just like, uh, I just I don't like whatever. Um, and that's part of it is that that feeling of you know you'll never. You, you you groom these people with the assumption that they're going to wear your sweater or jersey or kit or whatever, you know, and that's not the truth. It's it's that they'll, they they chase the money, and there you go. So there you go. There's our sports hot takes for the day. Okay, let's move on to the Super Junior Tag League. Finally, um, what are your thoughts so far on this competition? See, I, and I talked to you a little bit earlier about this before as well. I like what I've seen so far. I don't think that there's anything that has blown me away. I don't think that there's anything that uh, we're going to talk about with match of the year come our award season, which is right around the corner, by the way. Um, That being said, I thoroughly enjoy the way that these matches are presented. Uh, The easy-to-digest method in which they are, the lack of commentary, the simplicity of it, the, the 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 and and here's the thing the matches are 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 good they're not great they're good there's nothing nothing where I've turned it off and been like ah, that fucking sucked that was a waste of time no not at all um, and again I there is something comforting about the way that they present this it's not the whole show it's not like it's a road two show where you're getting every undercard to, and you're just kind of like all right, let me sit through this shit. All right, it's it's here. Are the matches here. Are the here's what you here, here's what you need to see. Um, the the tag matches and again, fifteen minutes, good solid matches, good solid action, and and they're only going to get better. Nothing to hand wave. Everything's been good. Um, nothing again, nothing great, but solid and and it's been an easy ride so far. Yeah, I like having these little, you know, 13-minute matches with no commentary, single cam, while I'm sitting there eating my cereal in the morning, waiting mm-hmm. to go to school. Uh, it, it's a nice, easy watch, and, you know, I can let my mind wander as I'm enjoying these shows. And like you said, there's nothing's been great, but nothing's been bad either. I think a couple of matches, I think, have sort of pushed towards the four-stars territory, but um, there haven't been any that I thought were a waste of my time. 
Um, so again, this is an, another instance where the juniors are put on centre stage to shine. Although, having said that, they're not actually main eventing every show because in the previous two shows, the Saturday and Friday show, we've had Chaos versus Bullet Club multi-man tag matches main eventing. Right. But um, quite a few talking points coming out of this. One that I saw today when I was watching the post-match interview. So uh, talk a bit about Jay White we mentioned earlier. He got his own entrance on the opening night. Obviously, he's a guy in the middle of a mega push. Now, he said in his interview that he has someone working for him inside chaos. Uh have you got any thoughts on who that could be? Because I was just looking at the power struggle cards and he's tagging with Farle against Okada and Beretta. So I was wondering if it might be Beretta, which works by where nominative determinism, if nothing else, because obviously Beretta is named after a gun and they are the bullet uh-huh. club. Uh, we could end up getting a Jay White and Beretta team in the World Tag League because I thought otherwise you're going to get Jay White and Farle in the World Tag League, but you need a pin eater in that team and, and neither of those right. guys are taking the pin unless they're going to go in the DQ route. And then that would also move some pieces around. We could get a, a team of Chucky T and Yano. We could get Goto and Ishii teaming up. So I know you're a bit sick of all the betrayals and the faction wars and all that, but uh, have you got any thoughts on uh, Jay White saying he's got a mold inside Chaos? Hmm. Beretta probably would be... The odds on favorite, I would think. I mean, may I don't think it would be like an Ishi, right? That would be that would be pretty wild if you think about it. But I don't think that would be the case. Yeah, you know what? If you if you if you're looking for odds on favorite, Beretta might be might be that guy. That, that, that makes that makes sense. Um, yeah, you know what? You think about it. He does. They do. They he does need a pin eater, right? And usually that role went to Chase, right? Um, and speaking of Chase, here's one guy you haven't heard from. What's Yujiro doing? What's, what's Takahashi doing? Where, where, is he, is he, he elite? He was saying in one of the backstage comment things that he wants to team up with Ibushi. Okay. So he's elite. Is he? Would he be an elite member at this point? Yes. Okay. I I wasn't one hundred percent sure. I know we saw the flow chart earlier that went around on the internet, and I love my I love my visualization of data. Um, yes, okay, just making sure there. Um, so yeah, I mean, Bullet Club does need a pin eater, and I don't think it's going to be uh, any one of the. Uh, well, maybe maybe Jado, Gato could be a pin eater too, right? I mean, even though they're technically aren't they considered necessarily juniors? Yeah. But he's not heavyweight, is he? Uh, I don't think either. I don't think either of them can are counted as heavyweights. I don't believe. It feels like it. Feels like that the yeah, line I'm is beginning to blur. Jado and Gato both juniors, so yeah. I don't think they'll be wrestling in the World Tag League. All right. So let's let's if if there, if there is a seed to be planted, let's let's say it's Beretta then. All right. Let's uh, circle back to uh, last Tuesday when we had the opening show at uh, Krakow Hall for this Road to Power Struggle. And we had a really fantastic opening match between uh, Ren Narita, Shota Umino and Toa Hanare on one team taking on a team of Yuya Uemura, Yota Suji and Ayato Yoshida. And people have been raving about this match. Yeah. Did you catch it, Damon? I did. I did like it a lot. Um I actually saw some comments, and somebody had sent to me. I'm more, I'm more interested in the ongoings of what's going on with the uh, those guys than it is the the, the top of the card. I, I, you know, Suzuki talking about making stars. I mean, you could, you might be able to cherry pick from some of these guys, right? 
Uh, fun opener, fun, fun, high paced. I don't know. But I mean, would would you dip your toes into that? Would you make any one of those guys a, a main event star in the next two years? Yeah, the two that are jumping off the page for me are Yoshida and Umino, and they have been positioned against each other in these matches, which is not a coincidence. A lot of people have spoken about this before. So uh, I think that that could be easily um, an IWGP heavyweight title feud somewhere down the line, you know, five, six, seven years, whatever. Uh, I would not be surprised to see Yoshida against Umino challenging for that belt. Uh, What I did think was interesting, actually, is that I previously said that I don't think Yoshida was a young lion because uh, he seemed to be positioned a a step above them. But he was on ringside duty with the rest of the young lions. So he seems to be in this sort of weird halfway house between the two groups. But I definitely think those were the, the two that you could hang your hat on. But uh, you know the others all impressed me as well. I was really impressed with um, Yotatsuji, who really still reminds me of one of the characters from one of my favourite films, Bloodsport. There's the big sumo guy uh, called Pumola, and Suji just really reminds me of him. So I think he should lean into that and adopt that kind of gimmick. But he showed a lot of fire, a lot of charisma in that. Um, Uemura looked good, and just, it was a really fantastic match. Very, very exciting times for the, the young lions. Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, I hate to, I hate to not have anything more to add, but I think you hit all the points. Uh, you know, it, it, when the first when, when well, here's the thing when when you're more excited for the young lions than anything else on the show, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I think it speaks a, a greatly to the future of the product, but um, I don't know if it necessarily says anything about the show you're going to be currently watching. But again, it was a great way to start, and um, I, I wish I could see that every show. Like that, that match uh, every one, one thing I did forget to mention when we were talking about Beretta is that on commentary he was challenging Cody. Mm-hmm. So it looks like at some point we were going to be getting Cody defending the title against Beretta. And I, I don't know how that would fit into my uh, hypothesis that he is uh, Jay White's secret agent working within Chaos. Um, I, I guess it still fits. He can still challenge Cody for that and Bullet Club can feud with the Elite. But uh, that might be something coming up soon. Is that a matchup that interests you? No. Nope. <laughs> um, and and here's the thing, Joel. Don't let logic uh, get get in the way of a good story. All right. Don't. Uh, I'm still going with Beretta being the mole in chaos. So uh, let's stick with that. Come on. Okay. Um. So let's talk more about the tag league itself. Then uh, let's we'll discuss each team so far. Okay. And f- before we do that, actually, any matches stood out for you so far? I would say the best one was probably that main event on night one with. Lij against Rapongi 3K. Uh, what about yourself? Any matches that you think have been particularly outstanding? I like that. I liked. Uh, what did I watch? Uh, was it uh, Shingo and Bushi against Liger and Tiger Mask? I actually enjoyed that. I thought that was pretty decent. Um, I, oh, what did I see? I saw Robbie Eagles and uh, Ishimori. I think they look really good. Um, I think those are. Uh, did, did we pick winners yet? Because I mean, the way I kind of see it is, it's between Ishimori and Eagles and uh, Shingo and Bushi were going to be my picks. Now, I know that you were leaning a little bit more toward Rapongi 3K, right? Yeah, I think I'm still sticking with them. Just the way that the, the matches have played out and the tiebreaker situations and the fact that we had Rapongi 3K losing 
the opening main event to LIJ just made me think, well, that's the match that's going to be the final. Right. Just having them spaced out like that. And yeah. They, they weren't, I don't think they would have Rapongi 3K losing twice. I think you're right. I think you're right. I think uh, it's it, this is Rapongi's tournament to win. They'll be back to back winners, you know. They're going to do back to back winners? Yeah, definitely. Because, uh, well, let's talk about Shonyo. Um, they're sitting pretty with four points at the moment. To me, they just look like absolute stars. The way that they're closing these shows, the crowd seem to love them. Um, I just think that this is their chance to be uh, reignited and put that spark back in them after uh, a fairly uninspiring 2018 as far as the booking goes. They haven't exactly covered themselves in glory. They haven't had many wins to speak of. And I think this is a great chance to put them back on centre stage, get them on Wrestle Kingdom, and then on Wrestle Kingdom they can finally win the belts because... Obviously, they didn't win at Wrestle Kingdom last year, so I think you really want to strap the rocket to these guys. They need a signature Wrestle Kingdom win to get them back off the ground. I agree. Um, and, and, and kind of looking at it, you, you figure you're pigeonholing uh, in a good way. You're pigeonholing uh, either Shingo or Ishimori for that junior heavyweight championship match, right? One of those two. It, gun to your head, as I like to say. Uh, which one of those two is, is junior heavyweight? title match I'm, I'm sticking more uh, I think Kushida against Ishimori would be the match I'll go for okay alright and you, you're thinking uh, LIJ six man tag yeah see th- this is tricky because I don't know where Evil and Sanada Bushi and Shingo fit into Wrestle Kingdom at this moment but just the way that things panned out, I, I, you know, prior to the junior tag tournament starting, I thought there was a decent chance that Bush and Shingo would be winning the tournament and going on to the finals at Wrestle Kingdom. But just the fact that they won that opening main event took that off the table for me. Right. So I don't know where they fit in at Wrestle Kingdom, to be honest. Yeah, that's the only thing that worries me. Like that, you instantly give them something to do um, right out of the gate. And unless, of course, again, they do the infamous triple threat junior tag title match to open the show which they have a history of doing so would not be surprised to see that as well but you figure and again i think robbie eagles has done a a a really excellent job in this tag team i've actually enjoyed watching him but with that being said they usually don't like when they bring people in like this they usually don't just sign them and then he's with the roster for the rest of the time. They usually bring him back and forth and so forth. So there's a little bit, of, I don't want to say a vetting process that goes on, but um, I don't know if, if like that, that that's where I kind of question the fact that where, where Ishimori and Eagles would, 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 would win the tournament. Um, and that's why I'm kind of leaning against them winning the tournament. So yeah, to me, it's a two team race, uh, Rapongi 3K, Shingo and, and Bushi, and right now I'm leaning yeah more toward Rapongi 3K. The only thing I dislike about Rapongi 3K is their finisher because I just think it looks a bit rubbish. It's like a sort of flapjack gone a bit wrong. So I think they could do with a better finisher. But um, I was seeing some other stuff uh, on the With Spandex podcast, one of their recent episodes. They had a really good interview with Rocky Romero. They had a really funny story about uh, Inoki using Mr. Miyagi healing tactics on a dislocated shoulder. And some really interesting stuff about how Rocky ended up working with Rapongi 3K, helping them with their gimmick, how he came up with the idea of the silver guy and the gold guy and, and their debut and how exciting it was. And the crowd just going absolutely wild when they saw that it was showing Yo coming out. So that's uh, definitely worth checking out if you're interested in that. And um, yeah, 
they like I said, I think they're looking like stars at the moment. Uh, what are your thoughts on Bushi and Shingo Takaki so far, who have also got four points? Good. Um, I was reading somewhere where he was actually nervous when he was uh, introduced as LIJ's member, which I thought was kind of weird given his his time in the ring and his experience and kind of where he's been. But, I mean, it is a big spotlight. I guess he didn't want to fuck it up, and uh, he's been good so far. I Also, somebody shared with me a fact that um, that was really the first time in, in maybe one other time that Shingo and Liger were in the same ring together wrestling. Um, I thought that was pretty odd given the, the histories of both guys. And, and the fact that Liger is a little bit more um, – He's able to take other bookings, and he's wrestled for other promotions and outside of, of just New Japan, even within Japan. So I thought that was kind of weird and, and, and kind of cool at, at the same time. I, I I like that tag team. I like him in the mix. I think he's a good fit in LIJ. I think um, I don't think you could just stick anybody in that role. Um, I think he fits pretty well within that group. It doesn't feel awkward, and it doesn't feel like he, it's shoehorned in. I feel like it's a good fit. Yeah, I agree. And I just also like his style of wrestling as a counterpoint to Bushi, who's a bit more slow and methodical. Just having Shingo there is the power guy. Like that opening match against Rapongi 3K. And there was just a little sequence where he just dropped Yo flat on his head and then pulled him up to his feet and then just clotheslined the shit out of him, yeah. which is just awesome. And the crowd seemed to love him. Like Karakuen were eating it up and he was just working the crowd brilliantly. So he, again. It's early days, but he also looks like a star right off the bat to me. Yeah, I mean, it feels like everybody knows and is familiar with him. And again, I, we, we talked a few times about how it doesn't feel like there's a lot of cross-pollinization when it comes to fandom. Um, you have your NOAA fans, you have your New Japan fans, but you know, you still have your general pro wrestling fans. And I think that I, while it might not be the majority of people, there are people that... I, uh, a lot of people in that building know who he is. Um, they're good wrestling fans there, so uh, it wasn't like it was. You know, a lot of people were, you know, whispering to their neighbor to their right or to their left, like "Who's that?" Um, no, they're 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 pretty good wrestling fans out there, Kirk and all. They they're 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 well aware of what he's done in Dragon Gate and elsewhere. So good stuff. Okay, uh, Ishimori and Eagles also have four points. Uh, I'm really enjoying that. I like the aesthetic of these two smaller guys sort of zipping around the ring. I, I said on Twitter it was a bit like a one of those 2D side-scrolling beat-em-up games where you get the the smaller, faster enemies who sort of you know zip around across the screen and are quite uh, elusive and difficult to catch. And that's what these guys remind me of. And I've been very impressed with Robbie Eagles so far. I went back and watched that match with Will Ospreay at PWA call to arms from last year and yeah he's obviously a very very talented guy and I really enjoyed the finish to the his match against Liger and Tiger when he did the I think it was the 450 off the top rope onto the leg. Liger's leg mm-hmm. yes and and then leading into the submission so uh, again still early days for him so far but I'm really impressed with Robbie Eagles are you in agreement yes yes I think uh, he's doing himself no harm and uh, only favors so far uh, again, kind of reminds me going back to Will Osprey talking about how Australia has become a bit of a hotbed, right? And and the working relationships that New Japan even has right now. What was it, that Gambino guy uh, who we almost met at Wrestle Kingdom last year? Um, long long story. I won't get into that right now. But um, 
so that and that relationship helps foster other relationships and bringing in talented guys like that. So I've been, I mean, I can't say I was impressed because, because from what the, the, I haven't had a huge body of work to kind of be like, oh yeah, he's great. But the feedback that I got from other people have been like, oh, he's he's great. So and it, these are people that I respected already. So um, they just conf- helped confirm that. Right, so it wasn't like I was blown away by anything. Everybody said he was great, and watching his matches seems to be great. And he'll be back for more, I'm sure. Yeah, and they just they look good together. They look like yep. a, a pair of punks from like a, a post-apocalyptic film, like Mad Max or something. They just look good together, mm-hmm. and I think there's a lot to be said for two guys looking like tag team partners. And they've definitely got that one going. Agreed. Um, all right, we got uh, Jushin Thunder Liger and Tiger Mask also have four points, and we seem to be establishing a dynamic here where Tiger Mask is getting the pins and Liger is eating the pins and we've got this story going on with Liger's bad knee but they've got a big upset win over LIJ so far and uh, I'm enjoying their contributions so far it's a bit different you know working the the gimmick with the sort of grizzled old veterans uh, using their wily smarts and experience to catch the the younger faster fitter guys unawares and but I think their output has been pretty decent so far yeah I mean, the, you're, the one thing that I always take away from this, though, is that just once I would like to see Liger with a different partner. It's always Tiger Mask. Right? I just wish there was just some way somebody else could be his partner. Uh, even if it was like Kushida, right? Um, and Liger would take the falls, of course. But I don't know, just something a little bit different. It always does seem like in these situations, it's almost always Tiger Mask. So it does get a little bit repetitive. But again, we said it a million times, 50 years old. Still able to perform at such a such a uniquely high level. Um, for what they're doing is is again they're making everybody competitive and they're making everybody in the game still. And even the, the teams that aren't you know are, are a little lagging behind in points, you know they're going to be making comebacks and building up to make it you know as many teams as they possibly can to to be in it as as close as possible. Um, so again, yeah, we're going to be stuck with a load of like tiebreakers and, yeah. and teams level on points going into the last round. Yeah, I mean that that's what they do. I mean you need a you need a degree in mathematics to 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 book that sometimes, but or, or maybe not. Once you figure it out the one time, all you're doing is you're just dropping in different tag teams to fill in that. Okay, you're the the, the third place guy, so you got to win here, lose here, win here, win here, lose here, um, and just follow that pattern. So you know somebody should probably chart that to see like where. <laughs> You know, like I'm sure there's some patterns that have to be developed a year after year after year of of at least current day New Japan booking these tournaments. Um, you know, just just kind of looking at patterns of okay, this team is at this point, so they're usually win the percentage, uh, like you know, the probability of them winning, you know, two days from now is thirty percent based off of past booking. You know, I'm sure there's somebody that could figure that out. Maybe something for genius cast to pick up. Um, so we, we got the champions, Yoshinobu Kanemori and El Desperado. Uh, a fairly inauspicious start so far. They've only got two points. Um, so they've been pretty quiet. I think this is a tag team who've had uh, an underrated, underappreciated year. I think they've done a really good job in bringing some stability to the uh, junior tag division. And they've had some enjoyable matches with their you know dickish heel antics. Uh, although haven't got much to show for it so far in this tournament. No. Let me ask you this. You, you did mention something that I agree with, that they have been a stable, uh, and not a stable as in a, a rock steady, is what I'm trying to say, uh, 
team, especially in the juniors. Do you think they get a sniff? Do you think they get any votes when it comes to junior of the year, either one of those two? Uh, I think if you went back earlier in the year, a lot of people would have said El Desperado, but now I'm seeing him more as one half of this tag team right. rather than someone with a a vast, impressive body of work as a singles wrestler. Although he did have a really good best of the super juniors and a, a really good singles match, a title challenge against Hiromu. Uh, I'm, I'm judging him more... I think as a, a tag wrestler, do, that might be unfair. Well, okay. Well, then let me ask you this: Do they get any votes, any any uh, ballots cast for them for tag team of the year for New Japan? I think so. I think they should be in the conversation. I think um, so. Who else is there? Uh, Rapongi Three K had a very good start to the year. They had two excellent matches with Young Bucks. Uh, Young Bucks, of course, will, will be in the conversation because. I would say they've been given the most opportunities to shine because they're always given the big matches against talented opposition. But um, Kanemaru and Desperado are not always given such favourable spots. Often it's the opener, like the opener Dominion. They they go out there, they've got 10 minutes to do their stuff, whereas the young bites get 20 minutes to work in a, a spot higher up the cards or, or often on the main event. So I think from... The opportunities that they've been given, they have done a really, really good job so far. So, yeah, I think they do deserve to be in the conversation. I agree. Now, again, earlier in the year, you know, if we look at the halfway point, the, we were talking a lot about the Young Bucks and, and, and the type of year that they were having, right? They had some. They had a really good beginning of the year, right? A really good. And I, and I, I think it was me who had said, you know, is there any consideration for Young Bucks as, as wrestlers of the year? <laughs> Remember that conversation? Um, it seems a little bit odd to be bringing that up now, maybe. Uh, but every time they get out there, they deliver. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think right now, Bucks would probably win. But I think uh, the junior tag team champions currently definitely deserve some consideration because I think they've had a solid year. Nothing blow away, solid. Um, and I think I think it's worthy of, especially when you think about you know who else God. Right, um, Evil and Sonata, they had a, a decent beginning of the year, and then they lost the belts, and that was that. Uh, I mean, who else is there, really, when you, if, if you think about it? No, it's got to be the Bucks, because just off the top of my head, they had two outstanding matches with Rapongi 3K, right. two really good matches with Evil and Sonata. The G.O.D. match fairly recently was good. They had the uh, Golden Lovers match at right. the U.S. show earlier in the year. So I think they're going to run away with it, certainly. Yeah. Okay. All right, there we go. We got that sorted. All right, what else we got? Uh, Volador Jr. and Soberano Jr. Now, Volador Jr. is looking pretty hunky mm -hmm. with his short hair and his beards. I think it's uh, a much better look than the long hair and the clean shaven. Uh, so they're obviously representing CMLL. And as I mentioned last time, Soberano Jr. is probably there because Dragon Lee's stuck on an island somewhere. But uh, what do you think of this team so far? I think that what they do is they're, they're, the, they're the team... They're that middle-of-the-road point-getter that will always impress you in the matches that they have, right? Like, I I honestly could watch their matches and be impressed with the, not to steal a Jim Ross phrase, the athleticism that they uh, are able to perform at each and every match, right? They do shit that, like, oh, my God, what the fuck? They're going to kill them. Uh, with that being said... 
They're there to be the middle of the road guys. They're going to win some. They're, gonna, they're there to keep the, the balance of the tournament in line, right? Um, so while that, so while you know that is what it is, I think they perform that at a, a very high clip and a very high level, and um, they're not going to win it. That's for sure. Um, they'll be middle of the road and do what they're asked to do and enjoy the paycheck, and that'll be that. I'm going to give one complaint, actually. I think it was their most recent match with Kashida and Chris Sabin, where I can't remember exactly who it was. I think it was Volador and Chris Sabin starting the match off when they do the sort of synchronized dropkick spot, and then they they kind of pose at each other. You know the spot I'm talking about, where there's a load of synchronized moves, then they both do a dropkick at the same time, and then they back off and put their fists up, and the crowd goes, oh... I hate that spot. They like they're so overly choreographed. Yeah, the, like the the like they're 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 neck and neck. They're they're they know each other and they they, they got each other scouted and yeah yeah that and the um uh I saw one spot and it might have been that same match I, I forget it's I think it's the one the one spot that you drive you nuts is when they're hanging like he was draped like his feet are in the middle rope right so he's in the middle of the ring um and his He's kind of like sitting on the middle rope, and he's holding on to the top rope for balance. So he's like almost parallel with the mat, and then somebody comes off like the top turnbuckle on top of him. You know, it's like just let go of the fucking rope, idiot. <laughs> you know, you know, it's just I hate that move. Um, so yeah, I saw that and I thought of you. All right, but I think they're good. It is a positive thing, actually. Uh, I don't know if you noticed that they started doing the time calls in Spanish. Yeah, so they're doing like five minutes past cinco minuto and Kopunkeka or whatever it is in Japanese, and they're also translating the the Spanish in the backstage interviews, which they weren't doing before. So, a little bit of global outreach to the the, the Spanish language viewers out there. I like that. Uh, listen, let's open it up to even a more a uh, bigger audience. You know, there's, I'm sure there's plenty of uh, uh, Spanish speaking friends that uh, again we don't have translations here, nor could we afford that. But maybe if uh, New Japan can do that and open up that audience, it's always a good thing, right? Always the uh, uh, opening arms is what I like to call it. So let's do that. All right. ACH and Ryusuke Taguchi. Do you think Taguchi is a waste of space? Because I'm hearing a lot of negative stuff about him from various people. Joe Lanza, I know, has been taking a, uh, quite a dim view of Taguchi's antics and saying that he's actually detracting from ACH, who's a brilliant wrestler. And every time Taguchi gets in the ring... Uh, it sort of spoils the match. Uh, are you yeah, in the same boat? I mean, we've been saying it for years, right? <laughs> right. But of course, you know, everybody's going to, you know, lay the boots to me to say, oh, well, that's not his role, and blah blah blah. He's kind, of, he's funny, and okay. I mean, that Taguchi, you know, sometimes can get be a little bit grating if if that's not the pro wrestling that you enjoy. Um, now, again, that's not to say that he can't step up when when the tap on the shoulder occurs, but. Yeah, I mean, did has he done it this year though? Can you name me a great Taguchi match from 2018? No, but no. <laughs> How did he do? How did he do? Well, best of the go, Super Taguchi. Juniors. Best of the Super Juniors. Um, I, you know, this is the thing. I can't actually remember any particularly great matches compared to last year's best of Super Juniors, uh, 2017. I think he had a, a much better time out there. Uh, I seem to recall him having a really good match with Kushida this year. I know he, he pinned Kushida in like a minute, didn't he? But the the rest of it is just kind of a blur of comedy spots. And we should go back. 
I mean, off the top of my head, I can't think of it either. But I'm sure there's there's one or two in there that were halfway decent. Uh, look, I, I don't I don't know if why. I don't think I don't think anybody's surprised by this, right? When when you looked at the lineup going through the shows, right? You looked at the lineup, you, you kind of knew you were get, that's what you were getting, especially for the early shows. Now maybe later on, you know, when Moore's on the line, um, that'll pick up for him. But yeah, I mean these these opening shows. I mean I'm not trust me I'm I, I'm not expecting dick all from Taguchi on these opening shows. That's for sure. Do you think it would have been better to have a team of ACH and Tiger Mask and Taguchi and Liger? No. <laughs> um, no, Taguchi and Liger. That, that would have. Not been... I, I'm just thinking out loud. Like having ACH stuck with Taguchi is perhaps a bit of a waste of ACH, who's awesome. I love ACH. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing: ACH is not going to win this, right? What are you gonna do? Uh, yeah, I, yeah. You know what I mean? Like what? I mean, I, he, you know, it's. I understand why somebody would say like you know they want to see ACH at a at a at a more of a high level, right? Because he's super talented, and and um, I know, you know, pants would be down at that point. But you know, again, four, you know, four matches into the junior tag league. And we're gonna bang on Taguchi for being Taguchi. I mean, you know, it's and again, ACH ain't winning it, so uh, that's that's not the vehicle for that right now. There's there's uh, there's other there's other teams that they're trying to establish and reestablish. ACH is is there for you know to keep the the balance right. Okay, fair enough. So maybe we just need to uh, manage our expectations with ACH. Uh, we did have a, a comment from Peter who said, we all know the Twitter statements of the foreigners not having fun in New Japan is a work, but if you needed proof, just watch ACH's last match in front of one of the smallest crowds we've ever seen for a New Japan show. And it's true, like, you can really see his enthusiasm. Uh, he just loves being out there. And it is very infectious. It does make it more enjoyable for me as a viewer to watch someone who is obviously out there having a great time. Yeah, but yeah, I agree. And, and 100%, but I'm not going to use ACH as a barometer of that right you know there you, you know the people that you're using as a as the barometer of how management is 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 changing or things that are now different right ACH is yeah no I, I'm just taking this as a point to say ACH is great I'm not using, <laughs> using him as a benchmark for all the other western talent I just really like ACH I agree I, and and again he he's the kind of guy that looks like he's enjoying his work which is always you know pleasurable to see and again, everybody says it. Every time he he pops his head out, you know, on a show uh, or a tour, is why isn't this guy full time? Um, and I echo that as well. I think he's he's too talented to be. Uh, I think New Japan is missing a great opportunity to to have him in a spotlight feud. Like for me, tr- truth be told, I'd rather see him than Marty Skrull. Yeah, I, I think I agree. I, you know, I I like Marty Scott. He's a person who can switch it on and put on really decent singles matches when he wants to. But those are sort of few and far between when you look at his whole output as a wrestler this year. Um, okay, well, let's touch on then the last team, which is Kushida and Chris Sabin. We've got two points. Um, I just like that their finishing movie is called Outer Time, which I thought was quite nice. And I'm also enjoying Kushida speaking English in his backstage promos, just really earnest when he's saying to Chris Sabin, 
yes, we must not lose next time and things like that. I just, yeah. I don't know. I found that very endearing. But th- these guys are just, they're just kind of there. Nothing spectacular. They're solid hands. Um, yep. Can make other people look good, but not really jumping off the page. No, not yet. Um, again, they're there to keep the balance right. Um, I, do, I think Kushida, the, the, the new look Kushida, uh, with the with the the chrome-like glasses and the uh, he look he reminds me a little bit of. Are you familiar with the band Devo? No, I'm not. No, okay. Uh, yeah, all right. Well, maybe the older people that listen to this show. <laughs> might get Tweet the, out a photo and a, of do, Devo side by side comparison. Yeah. They're like an '80s synth. I wouldn't necessarily say punk, but they did more electronic, early electronic stuff, and they were kind of quirky. They were kind of pretended they were kind of robotic and shit. Uh, yeah, you've heard of Devo. You've heard Whip It, right? Crack that. I think whip. if I heard the song, I'd probably recognize yeah. it, but the name doesn't ring a bell. All right. Well, listen, you're you're just a young guy living in this world. All right. Very good. <laughs> you didn't hear Whip It. Everybody's heard fucking Whip It. Come on. <sighs> You disappoint me. On this Deep one. breath, statement. I know. First is Lanny Poffo. You need to sit down. <laughs> I'm already sitting down. <laughs> I haven't stood up once this whole entire show. All right, where are we next? Where are we going? Who's the last team we got to talk about here? Uh, that's it. We've done oh. all of them. Just a quick question from Michael. What are the odds Robbie Eagle scores a full-time contract based on this performance? God knows the junior tag division could use more talent. I don't think we'll be seeing him again until best of the super juniors, personally. Yeah, me too. I think that's 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 where we're seeing him return. And we will. I, I think he's earned a spot, and um, yeah, uh, I, I, you'll see him like on Australian tours again. He'll be a guy that's that's brought in um, at least in the beginning. He'll be he'll be, he'll be a guy that that you can lean to and and, and be brought in, and um, and then hopefully he'll get signed. Uh, I think he will. Okay, let's dig in some of the Discord questions then. Uh, Jeff says, if Tanahashi wins the belt, how long do you think they let him hold it and who do you think takes the belt? Also, if Naito takes the belt, does that dampen his title win? Uh, I th- I still think uh, Naito is winning the belt at Dominion. At the moment, I think Kenny's going to stay, so I think Naito beats Kenny for it at Dominion. Uh, if Tanahashi wins, I, I still think they go ahead with that. I think dipping back into the Tanahashi Naito rivalry would be great. I think that would be a good uh, headliner for Dominion to sell out Osaka Joe Hall again. And I don't think it would ruin Naito winning the title because I think the fans would be behind it. They are, are still desperate for Naito winning that title. So, um, what do you think? If Tanahashi wins the belt, how long do they, how long does he hold it and who takes it off him? I don't think it's a 100% given that if, if Kenny Omega wins. Excuse me. If Kenny Omega signs, that he successfully defends the title at the Dome, because I think one a, a great moment might be Tanahashi Omega to Madison Square Garden, and that's maybe where he regains the title. Right? I think that would be a wonderful moment um, for everyone involved. So again, signing doesn't necessarily mean that dictates who's going to win Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, if he doesn't sign, I think he definitely drops the title at Wrestle Kingdom, though. Um, either way, I don't think Tanahashi's going to have a monumental run. Um, I don't think it's going to be years. I don't even think it will last a calendar year. Uh, I And then, if again, if, if Kenny does leave, I think the really the, the two people that are in contention for that would be Okada and Naito and... <sighs> I mean, you would think it would be Naito at this point, but uh, at this, you know, who knows with this company? So, 
Uh, I, I'm split 50-50 between Okada and Naito. Okay, we've got a question from Liam who asked about our end-of-year awards. I can't remember what you did last year. Did you wait until after the World Tag League before you did end-of-year awards? No, it was after this show. Uh, it was after this Dominion show because our our thought process was... Dominion? I mean, uh, what, what we got coming Power up? Struggle. Power Struggle. Power Struggle, my bad. It's a long show. Um, yeah, so after Power Struggle because our our thought process was really the only other matches that really would be possibly in contention for that before Wrestle Kingdom would be the final, right? Like the tag final would have to be unbelievable for it to happen. And let's be truthful, there's so many other matches that are going to be better than that tag league final that we kind of started after um, the show coming up. So uh, it's right around the corner, and it's right around the corner to be the third our third uh, award. So, uh, yeah, it should be exciting, and uh, we'll keep everybody posted. But, yeah, it's right around the corner. Yeah, comms Pete, Pete Donahue. We're going to be in touch because he is the man as yeah. far as the that, that kind of stuff goes. Yeah, he gave us uh, – so years before, I had my old assistant <laughs> count up votes at work. <laughs> uh, and then the year previous, I believe he was the one who um, got us – made us the Google Doc, right? So everybody could see the votes as they were coming in and keep track of who's winning and who's losing and, and vote right online. So that made it a thousand times easier. So we'll probably uh, tap his resource again, make a doc and uh, away we go. Okay. Question from Tyler. He says there was a question floating around Twitter about what three cross promotional matches between WWE and NJPW mm. you would be the most excited to see. What are your three matches you'd like to see and who would give Yano the most entertaining match? Maybe our truth. Now I think we might have answered this question a couple of months ago, but uh, here is a match that I would like to see. I'll give you one match. And yep. this has been something that I heard on the uh, wrestling Omakaze podcast when they do the uh, draft episodes and John Carroll put this as uh, one of their main events, which was Roman Reigns against Tetsuya Naito. What do you think of that? I'm good. <laughs> um, give me a better match than that. I'll give you a better match than that. How about, uh, he's injured, but how about Kevin Owens versus Tomohiro Ishii? I like it. We already saw Kevin Owens versus uh, Shinsuke Nakamura uh, before. So I went, you know... Um, and even though they're in the same promotion right now. But I'll go. I don't think they ever wrestled before. I don't think Ishii. Ishii was never brought over for those tours. He was never. He, he only came over uh, more recently. So uh, I would go there. How about that? How about we go Kevin Owens, Tomohiro Ishii? Okay, next question. Uh, Jared said, do you think the G1 would benefit or be hurt by going back to the semifinal format where the second place in each block faced the first place of the opposite block? Uh, I think it would be hurt by doing that. I think it's pretty good as it is how block a winner faces block b winner are you in agreement or do you like the old way of doing it um i mean it makes it a little bit more you know gives you a couple a little bit more options when you when you do the semi crossing block uh, they're kind of doing that already the way yeah. that you end up on the last night of a block and b block having two people facing off in a de facto semi-final anyway. Right. I keep it the way it is. Uh, I, I don't need anything in my life to make it more confusing. 
Really. <laughs> All right, uh, Mike says, I seem to remember in January of this year, Meltzer reporting that as part of Omega's re-signing for 2018, he, the Bucks and Cody would be able to essentially book their own angles for the calendar year and that there was at least the implication that they would be back under Gato's booking umbrella if they stayed after that. If I've all that correct, is the IWC perhaps unfairly labelling Omega and his crew as divas for their influence on this year's booking, considering this was all agreed to in advance and for a limited time. Well, here's, so here's the, the thing. thing. You, you, got, you, got, you, got, you got. We, we, we don't know what the truth is. We're hearing rumours from various sides. And again, this is all just speculation and conjecture. So until we find out conclusively what the deal was on the table, then it's just hearsay, isn't it? And it's difficult to find the truth in that. What's your take? There has not been a, a champion in any promotion, you know, their their top guy that didn't have influence on the booking and 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 to a certain degree could control their destiny, right? I don't care if it's Bret Hart, I don't care if it's Ric Flair, I don't care if it's Sting, I don't care if it's Kevin Nash, I don't care if it's Bruno San Martino, I don't care if it's Antonio Inoki, I don't care if it's Stan Hansen, I don't care anybody who's holding that title for a significant length of time has some say uh, in that. And again, I think Omega's in it. On those upper echelon of people who have that that say and that stroke, if you will, um, so yeah, I think he's influencing what he wants to do and what he doesn't want to do. Uh, but uh, I don't know if it's any more or any less than any other comparable world champion in any other promotion. Uh, I'm sure Steve Austin had stroke. I'm sure The Rock had stroke. I'm sure when it was making money, Nick Bockwinkle had stroke. Right? I'm sure Harley Race had some stroke. So uh, I don't I don't know if banging on them for pushing their agenda is necessarily, you know, fair because it's been done throughout the history of pro wrestling. Um, yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, I guess uh, I don't know. I don't have anything more to say. To I that. mean, I think I, 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 it very, very well. There. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a, a, a benefit of of being that guy. You've earned the, the right to kind of have that. You're not, you know. You're not Rapungi 3K where they're like, I ain't wrestling that guy. Or I'm, you know what I mean? That, that ain't happening. But, you know, if, you, if you're if you at that level, then and that's that's a right kind of afforded to you for being a guy at that level. Okay. Uh, next question then. Dan says, outside of New Japan, my favorite wrestling is the British Indies and WXW in Germany. A few gents are well-versed in those scenes. Which two or three wrestlers from those scenes, excluding the big three in the UK, Dunn, Bate and Seven, do you feel would most seamlessly transition into NJPW? And if you're feeling up to it, would you mind conceptualizing the path they may take also, please? Uh, two names which are, we've seen in these uh, Rev Pro New Japan crossover shows. Uh, for the heavyweight division, Walter, and for the junior division, David Starr. I think they would do uh, really good work in New Japan, and they would fit in quite nicely. Walter is the one guy that I that I really enjoy. Um, again, I I you know he might not be. I mean, he's probably more WWE centric at this point. But Flash Morgan Webster, I always enjoy. <laughs> I really do. I really I, I I mean the gimmick doesn't hurt, right? Um, it's right up my alley. But I I really enjoy him a lot. I think he's I think he's a talented dude and. and uh, again, he's, he's his career path seems to be more um, WWE focused than Japan focused. But you know, if 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 I could have any of them, I, I, I would go that route. I think it'd be a fun route. Okay. Uh, he also asks, um, 
Also, as Joel knows, I've recently been working a murder trial. If you were to speculate, who from the roster would be the most likely to murder someone else from the roster? For what reason and in what fashion? Also, asking for a friend, hashtag pressing questions. And uh, Aspir jumps on the back of that, so I have an addition to his question. Which member of the roster is most likely to murder and be able to get away with it? Which do you think would get caught most easily? So my answer for both questions would be, I could see... Uh, Kota Ibushi stabbing Kenny Omega with a big knife after a domestic dispute gone mm. wrong maybe over jealousy or something uh, I don't know whether or not Ibushi would get caught uh, would he be he good would. at evading the police probably because he's good at sort of jumping over things and other things and yeah he, but he's he dumb and hides in his is a, a, a abandoned apartment complex that he wrestled in in DDT so he that, that's how he would evade capture yeah no but he's goofy he's a goofy guy right he seems very careless he wouldn't be able to hide evidence right uh, he, you know, he loses his passport. He can't get on a fucking airplane for the life of, you know what I mean? Like he just seems like a real, you know, little, little forgetful, little, little airbrained, uh, uh, airheaded, right? I don't know. He could, he could do the murder. He ain't, he ain't getting away with it. He, he, he like he would walk in and be like, you know, he still have blood on his on his shirt. And be like, oh, I forgot to change my shirt. Oopsie, uh, I'm arrested. Uh, I'm gonna go Suzuki, right? I mean, what is his nickname? Murder Grandpa? Is that what they call him? Uh, yes, you are down with the kids, aren't you, Damon? I really you am. That you pretend that you're not. I know. I have a Tumblr page. It's fucking great. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll go that route. And um, and I'm going to say, I'm, I'm going to make up some harebrained thing. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a uh, he's like a loan shark, right? right? So, uh, you know, somebody like Hanare or uh, Chase Owens. Got got a loan, you know. He's, he 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 didn't get a nice payoff from New Japan, so he's a little short, and he needs some money to bring back home, and takes out a loan from Suzuki, and uh, he's not able to pay back. He's not able to pay it back. So uh, there's some uh, there's a little little alleyway discussion, and uh, he need to he needs to be taught a lesson that you, you listen, pay me, right? What you, what you, what your house burned down? Pay me? Fuck you, pay me, right? Good fellas, remember that. Uh, that's what I would go with. I would go with Suzuki uh, doing the deed. Yeah, I, I could see Chase Owens turning up for work the next day with no fingers left or, or something <laughs> like that. Right, exactly. Exactly. All right. All right, else? a question from Aspir says, uh, not sure if you two listen to Eastern Lariat. I do listen to Eastern Lariat, but I was just listening to their recent show. One of them said that apparently New Japan is floating around the idea of splitting the brand in the no. front office. I guess due to how large the roster is currently, do you think it's likely? If so, imagine you're coming up with two distinct New Japan brands. No. Which five wrestlers would you build each brand around? Uh, no. I don't know if they would do that. I don't think they would, but uh, I think if you did have a separate... New Japan USA brand where you had all those guys like the Elite, the Bucks, Kenny Omega, Hangman Page, Cody, Mighty Skull, all of that, then I think that would probably solve a lot of problems and reduce right. a lot of grumbling from the, the hardcore long-term New Japan fans. Maybe, yeah. I, I don't need another promotion. I really don't. Uh, <laughs> again, all that does is just water down a product. It really does. I, I, and and again, we're trying to make headway with the with the product that we have, right? The one product that we have, we don't need to. We don't need any more confusion. We don't need any more uh, another show. Another, no, just keep it at one. I hope they're not thinking of doing that. I don't mean, but I'm saying no, no, no. That just means what I want. That doesn't mean that they're not thinking of it. That I don't know, but pff, I hope they don't do that because that, that just means a watered down product. Uh, have you seen the WWE World Cup tournament that they've got lined up? For the, the, the America Cup? <laughs> the America Cup, yeah. 
Yeah, it's really weird how everyone in the world is from America, uh, as it as it always is, you know, uh, you know, because we're the only country that's really important, right, Joel? What did I say? What? Oh God, I'm kidding, everyone. Just kidding, of course. Um, I did see. Yes. Well, what, what, okay. What, so what the, the question is, Tyler says, with the WWE booking a bullshit World Cup, how <laughs> would you book a legit World Cup? How would you determine how many wrestlers get entry from each country? I think. If you're going to do it properly, it's got to be one wrestler representing each country. And there's quite a few different nationalities in New Japan, aren't there? So you could have something quite interesting. So you'd have to pick one representative for each country. So obviously that's going to be tricky with things like Japan and USA, Canada, easy picks. And then you've got Tonga. Uh, Mexico, uh, New Zealand, right. you've got the UK, that would have to be Zack Sabre Jr. in for the UK. Um, what other countries am I missing? Uh, Australia, Robbie Eagles. Right, New Zealand. Right, isn't that where? Yeah, Jay White or right. Farley. Right. Um, uh, I mean, you could have gone Korea back in the day with Ricky Choshu and all those guys. Um, Chono. Chono is American, you know. <laughs> He's born in America. 